just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. We have an absolutely huge announcement. That is right. Thursday, the 16th of November, that is next Thursday, not this Thursday coming, the Thursday after, it is 50% off everything in the bloke shop. 50% off everything at www.bloke.shop. And not just the current stuff. So not, we've got jerseys there still, only a small amount, but we've got jerseys there, a small amount of DMP shirts there. We've got cooler bags, we've got thongs, we've got a bunch of stuff. We're also putting on new bloke designs, shirts, singlets, and jumpers, and they're gonna be 50% off as well. So everything, 50% off everything. The 16th of November, that's next Thursday at 6 p.m. The last, we've only ever done this once before in the history of Bloke, and it was our biggest ever sale. So make sure to be there, 6 p.m. next Thursday, 50% off absolutely everything. We do not do these often. As I said, only once in the history of Bloke. We're not gonna do another one for a very long time. So be there next Thursday, uh, the 16th, 6 p.m. Guru, how's your weekend, mate? It's good, mate. Footy done and dusted. It's uh, it's almost you're okay with letting it go because it's yeah, it's been a long year. But at the same time, you realise in a couple of weeks' time, you're going to be like, you know what? I took what I had for granted, and maybe the grass isn't greener. It's a hollow feeling, isn't it? It is. It is, Timmy. Do you have a hollow feeling, or are you just going to you know do another uh, sport like AFL? It was a mi- it was a mixed weekend, mate. Uh, mate, we're in the peak of the spring racing carnival, so I'm all right at the moment. <clears throat> Absolutely deflated from the kangaroos shellacking on the weekend, but at the same time, we got a glimpse into the, the New South Wales Blues dynasty that's about to happen on the back of Match McGuire. So, Fuck you know it what? It, 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 was a, it was a silver lining kind of moment where, yes, the national pride was hurt a bit, but the blue pride was, geez, we're in a good place. Going oh, forward. my God. If that wasn't the most New South Welshman thing <laughs> said in the history of rugby league, I don't know. Hammy, how you going, brother? Very well, very well. Big weekend for me. Went down to the uh, Budgie Smuggler Ordinary Rig Comp. Yeah. Uh, tremendous event. One of the great days on the sporting calendar. Fiji fans will have been a bit disappointed losing the cup final yep. yesterday, but they actually won the world's most ordinary rig. So something that's, to celebrate there. That's a win. For Fiji. That's a win. Very the exciting. People's champ. Fiji are the people's they champ. They are the people's champ. They are the people's champ. Um, I know you guys had a chat with Klutzy on, uh, yeah. on Friday. He was in the mix, but probably blew it at the special skills um, component. He... Uh, went pretty bold. He tried to play uh, Sandstorm by Darude on a recorder. Yeah. Uh, the acoustics weren't great at the Ivy Pool Bar. I said that to him on the thing, though. I um, said, mate, how are they going to hear you? So he had to divert to plan B. At least he had a plan B. Yeah. He went for three or four belly flops into the pool, which was pretty good, but probably not enough to get the, the chockies on the day. So he wasn't able to get into the three, uh, the top three playoff. And um, yeah, but it was a great event, really well done. Saw some stuff I've never seen before. Saw a Frenchman uh, play the uh, guitar with his todger. Uh, which was pretty full on. No snap banjos, thankfully, but uh, <laughs> that was pretty impressive. Um, uh, shout out to Puppetry of the Penis. Um, cancel culture, obviously, yeah, not like bring, bring it back. Like, seriously. I, I think so, yeah. Like, sure. if cancel culture's gone too far, if you can't puppet your penis. Yeah. Where does it stop? <laughs> where really? does it stop? We'll be in bloody Soviet Russia soon. Exactly. That's not where I want to be. But uh, look, the moral of the story, great event. Well done to Fiji. And uh, that was my weekend in a, nut- in a nutshell. Okay. No pun intended. Pun, pun very much intended. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's get straight into it. Before we do, make sure to grab a case of bloke beer from your local. It is the beer of Australian sport. Got plenty of messages over the weekend, actually. People trying the midi, absolutely loving it. It's a beautiful beer, guys. If you haven't tried it, give it a try. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Plus, it supports the platform. So grab a case of bloke beer, but let's get into it. Face the music. We're on again. Hammy, 
we need to face some music because I think it's blaring loud, it's bearing true and strong. And I think this might be a character building episode for all of us. It is, that's what we're here for today, a bit of character building. Uh, the music is playing uh, loud and hard right into your faces today. Um, <laughs> Particularly when it comes to footy, I think for the first time in the history of the segment, not a single point was scored by anyone on the panel uh, for the rugby league game that was played over the weekend. Oh One of those real where were you when moments. Um, <laughs> it's embarrassing stuff. It is embarrassing like stuff. We're literally the biggest sports podcast, specifically a rugby league, and we're not a single one of us got a point. That's disgraceful. It is disgraceful. Yeah. Um, keep watching though, keep listening, uh, stay with us. <laughs> to be fair, the kangaroos didn't get a point either, so we're in <laughs> well, yeah, we're, we're in the vibe of yeah. being Australian, yeah. being Aussie. As, well, just on that, I think, uh, let's have a quick look at the, to, for Australia to be held to nil mm. um, on the weekend, was paying 126 bucks <laughs> to be held to nil. Uh, wow. So congrats, congrats if you got on. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think uh, New Zealand to win 13 plus was paying 15 bucks as well. Ooh. So. I mean, yeah. they were four bucks heading into it head to head. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, there you go. A little bit of value on, on hand there for the Kiwi punters. But yeah, we were terrible. Everyone back to Australia. We all had an Aussie try score and none of that happened. So we've got to go into the cricket. Uh, to find our points today. Oh, I'll be strong here, that's for sure. Wow, Mr Cricket, we'll get to you in a minute. Um, <laughs> Australia beat World Cup Minnows England, so everyone got a point there, which is good. 13 plus? Or did they? Or did everyone Ooh, get a point? Uh -oh. what I'm going to say there. Oh, no. All right, let's get into it. So the first one uh, we had, Mr Cricket, you're up first, Denon. You lived up to your nickname. Um, you started, I'll, I'll start with what you missed out on, which was Cummins' top wicket taker. You missed that. You had Marnus to be the top Australian run scorer. Mm. Uh, done well to hold on to his spot, I thought. About 70 runs, tick for you there. You had Australia 13 plus again. They won by 33. <laughs> so I've actually I've given you an extra point this week for thank that. Thank you, thank oh, you. The bowl, that gives you a total of three. So well, not I, bad. I, I knew Marnus. I knew he was going to come good. Yep. A lot of people were questioning his position in the roster. Yep. But I had been watching and seeing things that a lot of people didn't know. That's why I knew he'd be in the roster because he'd... Yeah, we did. When Mr. Cricket talks, uh, Cricket Australia listens clearly. <laughs> they kept him in the team, and uh, there you go. You got yourself an extra point. Uh, Guru, you had Warner top runs, wrong. But you had Zampa top wicket take a tick. That gives you a total of two. Uh, Thailand Timmy, you had exactly the same <laughs> as Guru. Now, I feel like I'm actually staring at a real-life example of the Mr. Bean copying the homework meme over here. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to beg for a little bit of variety this week from you two. Can you it's not copy? Timmy the Tin. Uh, I'm going to jump in there, mate. So Guru, who's gone Zampa two weeks in a row, and the we'll week that I went to Thailand, I actually went Zampa and he followed me into him the week after. So I got Ooh. in there. Well, I'll let your voice settle it. Uh, controversy? Yeah. Bit of controversy I'll there. I scouted Zampa as a 14 year old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just wanted to bear in mind when you're putting your tips in today. So you both got two. Uh, myself, I had the Aussies head to head. Starkey top wickets wrong. Travis top runs wrong for a grand total of one for me this week. <laughs> so. It Cricket got me across the line. Well, I did, but that brings us to Matty. We're not done yet. Not oh, done yet. He, he, this is a bullshit tipper. <laughs> Matty had the Aussies. So tick for now. Then he locked in Captain Cummins to step up and score some runs for the Aussies. Check the tape. Check the tape. <laughs> then he went on to nominate Steve Smith to be the top Australian run scorer. So he's actually failed to lock in a wicket taker. Uh, so for that reason, I've taken the extreme but necessary action to actually deduct a point off, obviously, which gives Matty a grand total of zero. So Zero points! It's pretty simple, folks. Just listen to the instructions and you won't get burned too badly. So Matty, no, you know what? You. I, I am just going to, I am going to break protocol here. And that's disgraceful, Matty. And I think he should dance today. Oh. <laughs> I think you need to come up here, Matty, and dance. I just do. I'm all for it. Time to argue. Here we go. Music. You've got to be punished. Absolutely. Any, come up on. Come on, Matty. Any requests? 
Face the music brought to you by Sportsbet. In a request. Um, I can hear Maddie's heart going about 4,000 beats per minute at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Could we just do something funny? Because this is going to burn him. Maybe Usher Burn. A little yeah. slow dance. Yep. Maybe a love Usher Burn because he's going to be burning inside right now that he just got called in front of <laughs> Yep. <laughs> You're going to have to probably put, move it into. Actually, I'll, I'll play it here. I'll play it here. I've got it here. I've got it here. You got it? Yeah. Burn by Usher. You got Ready? it? Ready? Here we go. Yeah. You're going to have to fast forward into the. Because it's a bit slow yeah. to start. Ready? Set. Dear oh dear. Oh my god. That I, almost, was just, I almost want to deduct another point for that dance. Yeah, that was as bad as his tipping. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, fair play. Well done, well done, mate. He, he well stepped done. up to the plate. Come on, boys, give him yep. a clap. Yeah, get, give me a clap. He stepped well up done, to the plate. He yeah. also danced to a KFC ad. <laughs> <laughs> it was meant to be the Sydney Roosters theme song. I thought this is going to be brilliant. And then the, the ad popped up before it, so I've got no idea who it was. And also, I said Usher Burn as well. Yeah. So it's all right. Look, it's a fucking disaster by all fronts. We'll take we'll, ta- we'll take this one offline, boys. Yeah. <laughs> and we are channeling our inner Australia today because we've had a fucking Barry Crocker. Yeah, yeah we have. We've had yeah. a Barry Crocker. So uh, look, that's face the music today. Uh, that, that's the results for last week. This week, um, I want to see uh, your tips for the cricket. We've got Afghanistan tomorrow night. The Aussies are playing Afghanistan. I want your top uh, run scorer, top wicket taker. Do you feel comfortable giving me a top Afghanistan wicket taker to make it a little bit, um, just so we've got another point to... to I was going to go an Afghani over the Aussie, to be honest. Oh, that's so. fine. Let's just go with that. You can go whatever nationality you want. So that, that's all good. And then I also want to get your Melbourne Cup winner. Mm. as well uh, for the big one tomorrow. What are some of the favourites from Melbourne Cup and what are they paying? Uh, I'll get the market up. Well, I think you're probably going to go with your man. Gold who, Trip's my boy. Gold Trip without Vauban a fight. Vauban fave without, without a fight, second fave. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Vow and Declare won it a couple of years ago mm. as well. Um, so I'll get, you, I'll get you a tip for that in a minute. But we'll start with the cricket. Okay. Uh, all right. So who have you got, uh, Mr. Cricket? We'll start with you. you got the new ball again. Top run scorer, top wicket taker, and do you like the Aussies or Afghanistan in a in a boiler? Yeah, look, I was initially going to pick an Afghanistani batter and bowler. Yep. Um, but, you don't you know, have to. Don't feel obliged. Yeah, to. no, I didn't want to confuse the audience because they don't know cricket as well as I do, yep. so they may not know those That's players. Fair. Uh, I'm going to go Travis Head. Yep. And then I'm going to go Zampa. For most wickets taken. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, look, I've, I've been watching really closely uh, <laughs> over the last few weeks. Yep. And he's he's shown some signs of a bit of decent cricket in him. And yep. I think this is the week he's going to actually stand up and do something. Well, he's actually, yeah, well, he's actually been our top wicket taker well, all the way that's through. That's a joke. That's <laughs> <laughs> a joke. Uh, Guru, what do you got? Hammy, I'll be honest with you. I'm pretty rattled. I came in here thinking <laughs> Zampa and Gold Trip. And after the accusations of copying, <laughs> yeah, I'm really on the back foot. But I'm going to go. Well, if you get in first, you're not copying, eh? I'm going to go Dave Warner, yep. top run scorer, and I won't go Zampa because Kempi's taking him. I will go uh, Paddy Cummins. Yep. He's, that's still in my homework from last week, just saying. It is. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> uh, who's your top run scorer? Uh, head. Head, all right. Steve Smith and Rashid Khan. Yeah, nice. And Australia okay. to win. So, yep. Oh yeah, straight to win thirteen plus. Yep, I might, I might thirteen yeah. plus. Yeah, yeah, yep. I might. Uh, I can uh, do it fourteen plus. So. <laughs> fourteen plus. All right, noted. All right, I gotta be careful this week. It's not misspeak. I'll go Australia to win. Yep. David Warner most runs. Yep. Thanks for clarifying. Yep. Mitchell yep. Stark most wickets. Beautiful. All right, locked in. I'm going uh, Aussies to win. Head top runs. Starkey top wickets for me. Yeah, and I'm just confirming because I don't think I was clear enough. 
Australia to win. I don't know if I said that. So no, that's fine. Just no, want to make sure I get it right, you know? I've got that in there. And also for this game, can I just say as well, Hammy's wicket-taker bingo will be back for this game. Now, oh, it's back. It's on. For, we, you can't miss at the moment. Three, well, three of the last four, it has missed one. Um, <laughs> you, you win some, you lose more. Uh, but the, what you're looking for here is there's four names that I've chosen. Mm. You need at least three to take two or more wickets, which has happened, yeah, three of the last four games. The names are Zampa, Stark, Rashid Khan, and uh, one of your favourites, Kempi, Mujib. He's in there Majib, as well. Mujib, mate. Love yeah. Mujib. Love what he's bringing to the table what do you like? at the what do, you, what do you like about Mujib? Mate, his concentration in big moments, yep. it's almost second to none. It is. Almost, that, arguably. And you know what? That's why I put him in. Yeah, That's I love to in. see. You know what? We've been talking. Okay, I get it. And so your bingo, is it, has it been going off or what? People been yeah, loving it? They've been getting around it. Get Absolutely. around it. So you, you go to the main page, Hammy's yep. bingo, yep. and three of the last four have come off. They have. There so, you go. Yeah, gamble responsibly, but uh, we go again tomorrow. <laughs> we go again. Uh, all right, now Melbourne Cup winner. So I want to get a Melbourne Cup uh, tip. I, I reckon maybe to make this one work, because uh, a lot of horses in the race, maybe whatever you lock in, we're going to put it in each way, um, just so that there's a, we've got an extra point there to kind of adjudicate on for next week. Um, do you need a bit more time, Mr. Cricket? We can go the other way. Uh, Mr. Racing, you can call Mr. me. Mr. Racing, now. sorry. Where's my manager? Uh, without a fight. You going with it without a fight? Yeah, yeah, mate. I've been watching a lot of his form lately, and um, all her form. Um, look, I don't. I, I think it's gender fluid, actually. That. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gender fluid. Uh, their form yep. has been incredible, uh, mate. Huge run, huge race for them. Yep, beautiful. Mate, I was going to go gold trip back to back. I think T Rex over here will get a little bit upset if Ooh. I do. You're welcome to follow me, mate. No, Ooh. no, it's all, it's all good. Uh, I'll take the lead. I will go the seven. Is it absurd? Zachy yep. Purton. Absurd. 12 bucks, $3.80 the place. Thanks Bit for of coming. value there for you, Guru. Thank you. Yep. Could it be anything? Absurd. Could be anything, potentially. All right. Clean that favourite, you coward. Let's go. <laughs> it's not even yeah, the favourite, mate. Here we go. Yeah. Here we I'm go. My, so chart. I'm gold trip to go back to back. It's out to about seven, seven or eight bucks now. So you're getting a nice little price there. It's, uh, back into six fifty after you've just said back that. Into, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the traders refer me as soon as they heard me speak. Yes. <laughs> mate, Turnbull run a few starts back, unreal. Perfect prep. Keo up on last year, going better than last year in my opinion. Drawn two, J Mac on board. How far? Yep. And I'll throw in, mate, a, a little roughy while we're at it. I oh. don't, even, I don't even know how to pronounce it, but the Price and Kent thing, Lestochka at about twenty to one as well. We'll, we'll get the Quinella there. Okay, okay, okay. Wow. Noted. Noted down. Loves dancing. <laughs> uh, I'm not too big on horse racing, but. On the Sportsbet app, it says that future history, it, it says it has a little thing that says proven winner next to it. And so I'm going to go, pro, uh, what am I going? Future history. Go yeah. proven I'm going proven winner. <laughs> a couple of them have got the proven winner thing next to it. But, um, uh, yeah. uh, I'm going to go Solcom because I was going to go without a fight, but you beat me to it, Mr. Mr. Racing. So Solcom for me. Yeah. What can I say? I watch many sports and I'm a, a genius at a lot of them. I don't, know how you, I don't know how you keep up with the news like that, to be honest. Yeah. It's look, impressive. Look, you should ask my wife. She's uh, also currently not speaking to me because I watch so much <laughs> racing and cricket. <laughs> I'm thinking of you. It's a difficult time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's it. That's Space that's Music it. brought to you by Sportsbet. Absolute legends. As always, go to Hammy's Bingo. Chuck a sneaky fiver on there if you want to. Gamble responsibly. You win some, you lose yep. more. But... Hammy's bingo, it's on the main page. You just, three out of the last four. Yep. How good. Tailor made for the Stewie Diver, as you said. <laughs> Tailor made. <laughs> Tailor made for the Stewie Diver. Yeah. Responsibly. Responsibly, of course. Uh, and as always, thanks to the legends over at Sports Best, uh, best partners in the business. Let's get straight into it, shall we? New Zealand defeat Australia 30 nil to win the Pacific Cup. And we witness. Arguably the greatest ever performance by a New Zealand side, in my opinion. 
I think that, and this, I say this as respectfully as possible, but even when we've seen Kiwis win either World Cups or Tri-Nations or whatever it is, even when they've played 80 minutes and beaten, you know, one of the best sides on paper in the Australian side, I've watched 80 minutes and I've said they've still got more in them. There's a 10-minute period where they might have made an error or they've, you know, defensively there's been a lapse. This is the first time since I've been watching rugby league where New Zealand has played to as much of their potential as they possibly can. That has always been the knock on the Kiwis is look at the side on paper, they've got a gun side, but they've never fully put it together. And as I said, I would argue even in the games where they've done incredible feats and they've beaten some, you know, such a strong kangaroo side, there's still been moments where they've made errors or they haven't played to their potential. In my time watching rugby league, I believe that this was the first time that New Zealand played as good as they could possibly play on paper. And I think it's probably their greatest ever performance as a Kiwi side. Completely agree. I think it's their most dominant performance I have ever seen. As you said, Campy, they've won bigger moments, bigger competitions. Mm. It doesn't compare to this for me. As far as a, no. a, like an individual performance, this was... domination. Yeah, this was the best of the best. And, you know, I, I think like a week can be a long time in rugby league. <laughs> Only a week ago, the Kangaroos decided, you know what, let's rest Tina. Mm. Let's rest Payne Hay- Haas. Let's yeah. rest Liam Martin. And, you know, we spoke about it on the show last week that, you know, we sort of thought that, you know, I, I didn't think it would happen, but like, it doesn't surprise me in hindsight now looking back at Fish and the Otter going, okay, you're going to mm. rest those guys? Sweet. Yeah. Let's go to New Zealand. Let's square it up. And they absolutely bullied them. Yeah. And I think that the difference between now and back in the day when we got beaten as Aussies, so let's say we got beaten and we've got Darren Lockyer, Thurston, Cam Smith. I think all of us, and maybe it's our Australian bias, went, yeah, we're still the better side though. Like, okay, we lost the world, whatever. We're still the better side. Honestly, after the weekend, I find it hard to say that we are still the better side. And I think that there's an argument to be made. Like, for example, remember when we weren't ranked the number one side in the, the, the world? Mm-hmm. And everyone was going, like, nudging each other going, yeah, okay, we'll see what happens. I think there's a genuine argument that this is the first time, or not an argument, but for me personally, this is the first time where I go, maybe we aren't the best side in the world. On paper and in, in, in practice. Obviously, I'd still back the boys if we played again to win. But right now, when I look on paper and I look across the board and then I compare it to the other, t- you know, the kangaroos, I go, they've matched us in all these areas. Whereas I think in the last 20 years before that, we always had the luxury of going, yeah, we got Cam Smith. We got Darren Lockyer, we got Thurston, we got Joey, we got Freddie. I look at it now and I go, we, we don't have that benefit anymore. We don't have that luxury anymore. And I think we may have taken it for granted during that period. What do you reckon, Timmy? Yeah, it's not often, Campy, that we say that you can watch a Kangaroos game and say that we'd been outclassed, mm. if ever. Outmuscled, yep, sometimes. Outwilled, very rarely, but occasionally it happens. But we were outclassed in this game, and not just outclassed, but emphatically outclassed by the Kiwis when they threw up. And you look at their forward pack, and we know how dominant it can be, but as you said, it's about putting it together. They absolutely, absolutely just wipes off the field. You look at the metres of Payne Hass was about 100. Tinef Malawi was about 80. Pat Carrigan ran for about 30 metres. That is remarkable, those mm. stats. To not put a point on in this game, and then... They had the polish on top yeah. of Jerome Hughes and Dylan Brown, who were outstanding. It was a real tough one to take as an Australian supporter, but I also love watching quality rugby league. And what the Kiwis threw up was 
was sensational. It was absolutely sensational. And <coughs> and a lot of, you know, there might be some Aussies out there going, oh, yeah, we were missing this player, that player. Hey, hang on a sec. The Kiwis were also missing players as well. Tohu Harris, Sean Johnson, uh, Cheese, uh, JMK. Like, so, How about their six-choice hooker in there? Yeah. So like, who's a halfback. Yeah, Kieran Foran, who's, yeah. you know. So to sit here and say that we were missing, like, that's ridiculous. That's nonsense. That's absolutely nonsense. I, I genuinely believe it's the first time as since I've been a watching rugby league and granted I don't have the history that a lot of other people have where I look at the squads on paper and see how they've performed and I go are we better than them whereas as I said earlier we always had the luxury of going but Cameron Smith's on another level yep. Thurston's on another level Darren Lockie's on another level the thing that stands out for me sorry mate no no, no the thing that stands out with me with this Kiwi side is for the first time in honestly maybe ever for me I looked through this Kiwis 1-17, to and if you said to me, what does the squad look like in three years, the only guy I'm confident wouldn't be there is Kieran Foran, yeah. simply because of the age he's at. Yeah. Everyone else, I think the next oldest would be Fish, and I think he's 27. Think, think about how incredible this is. The Kiwis did this without essentially the Dalian player of the year. Obviously, KP won it, but SJ was right there. So they went into the, This is how much depth the Kiwis have. <laughs> For, for a, a country for many years, around the halves was probably their, their weak-ish points. Mm. I know they've had Stacey and Benji, but weak-ish. They've got so much depth that they could have the Dally M player of the year, essentially. Not like I say Dally M seven of the year, not play. Then also former Dally M hooker of the year in the cheese, not play. Then the, a top five hooker in form-wise, Jamcat, not play and still do this, it's unheard of. It's unheard of when it comes to the recent history of Kiwi sites. If you go and have a look at just the nine position alone, like if you've got people to rank you know, the best hookers in the world, it would probably go Ben Hunt and Grant, whichever order you want. Mm. Then you would probably have the three Kiwis they're missing. Yeah. Kieran Foran obviously wouldn't be on the list. <laughs> New Brown, respectfully to him, wasn't in the top three hookers at Newcastle this Mate, year. We were thinking Phoenix Crossland had Kiwi blood in him. He was going to play. And if he was available, he would have been my starting nine. Yeah, like, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like We're talking like, about a guy that like literally only started playing hooker halfway through this year. Yeah, and like not to mention Jeremy Marshall King only started playing hooker two years ago as well. Like It's just – and you look at, you know, Cheese has got to come back in. Marshall King's got to come back in. Two guys, again, they aren't old. They've got – Heaps of years left in the Kiwis jumper. And then next year, I don't know how it's all going to play out, but you got to fit Roger in this side somewhere. Yeah, mate. It is It is truly uh, – like I think we're, we may be about to enter one of the best errors we've ever seen for the Kiwis. I really do believe that. The quote after the game, and as I just said, the thing that stands out for me is the age of all these guys and how many years they've got to come. And honestly, the words from Fish Harris were haunting after the game. For the Kiwis boys, this is our moment. This is our group. New Zealand stand up because this is our time. Oof. I love that. Let's talk about Fish Harris. I'm glad, glad they waited a year for it to be their time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lucky it wasn't last Give year. Give us a World Cup and then you, you can have it for the next three years. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say it. And I'm just going to throw it out there. It's just a question, and I kind of feel that I agree with the question. Is Fisher-Harris the greatest ever Kiwi front rower to play the game? He's, he is starting to push it, without a doubt. Tell me another Kiwi front rower that has a better resume than Fish. Yeah, there are guys – he has the best resume. I mm. think that is completely fair. Uh, you've obviously got guys like, you know, Wiki. Ruben Wiki, mm. uh, Quinton Pongier, like a, a number of legends, but yeah. none of them have the resume that this guy has, and none of them have the resume – that he has, you know, like, their resume is retired, Benito. Mm. Mm. Where's Fish on? Hole 10, 11? 
well, long so, way to go. So he so he's got three premierships in a row. Yep. Four grand finals, a record margin win against the Australian side. Against the Kangaroos. He's played four games. He's won two of them. And Doesn't even of, have a losing record against the Kangaroos. And on top of all that, it was the first time he captained the, the, the team as well. I think there's an argument to be made. Fisher-Harris is already in the conversation as the greatest ever New Zealand front rower. I think there's an argument to be made. Do I know for sure that is the case? He's still got years in his... Like, if he, if he goes on next year to struggle the year after that, obviously that would hamper his case. But I honestly believe, outside looking in, if you had him as one of the top three front rowers to ever play in a Kiwi jersey, I think that's a reasonable... I think that's a reasonable take to have. And honestly, right now, he's probably at the very least in the top three greatest mm. ever front rowers for the New Zealand, for me personally. You know what I love about him too? You know, like I love watching guys like Payne Haas, Tino, that, you know, they do these unbelievable things we've never seen before. He's an old school front rower. Yeah. And he brings the old school into the new new way of playing the game. And he's more dominant than any of them. Like think think about the p- people that he continually goes up against. Like we're talking about genetical freaks and generational talents. And he hasn't lost a battle yet. And then, and then the argument is, it always gets thrown at the Penrith players. Oh, yeah, they're in a good system. They're in a good system. Oh, yeah, he goes away for the Kiwis and then he does what he does. I just think that it's hard to argue against the fact that he isn't one of the greatest Kiwi front rowers mm. of all time. And it's also, it's hard to argue against the fact just one of the greatest front rowers, period. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's very hard to, you know, yes, you could go, oh, you know, Glenn Lazarus, Shane Webke, Petro Sivanasiva, these guys. But when you look at his resume, it's hard to argue against that resume. Now, I would still have probably Webke and Petra as my, you know, and Lazo as my top three. But I don't think it's unreasonable to have Fisher-Harris beginning to get into that conversation of greatest front row all time. And, yeah, he's in the most dominant NRL side I've ever seen in my entire life. I think that, you know, you know, like people say, oh, yeah, but the Dragons won 11 in a row, not salary cap, mm. uh, unlimited tackles, wasn't even rugby league. And based then, what we're used to. Like, he, he is in such a good spot right now, Fish, that, like, he's at three premierships, four grand finals. He's now the captain of this Kiwi side that, for me, looks like they could be about to go on a very special run. Mm. And you're right, mate. We don't have a Cam Smith, a Slater, a JT to save us. I, like, I, I'm hoping it's Nath, but yeah. am he I confident? Am I, like, and, you know, the other thing with, with Nath, you know, we all talk all year is that does it at Clubland, you know, does it do it at Origin, blah, blah, blah. I'm starting to wonder, does he, is it fish? Yeah. Is it fish and Liotta? Like, yeah. is that the difference? It's crazy. It's cr- fish and Liotta. It is absolutely insane the impact that they have. Um, what do you reckon? Where, where, is that take reasonable to you, Timmy? As in, Yeah, for sure. And I've spent the last five minutes listening to you two chat and just my mind ticking over, mm. ticking over as soon as you said it. And, I said resume-wise, very hard hard to argue with. He just He's doing it all. And like Hammy mentioned some odds there before of 126 bucks for Australia to be kept scoreless, 15 bucks for the Kiwis to win the game, I think it was. Imagine what odds you would have given to have Payne Haas at 100 metres, Tino at 90, and Pat Carrigan at 32 metres coming into this game. Yeah. Every single one of them was all probably in half, if not a third of what you'd expect just about from those three. Like, Absolutely incredible, and you know his little sparring partner there, Moses Leota. So their record now to go the three on the trot, and now to have the most emphatic victory by a Kiwi side against Australia. Mate, it's hard to argue with. Well, I, I would argue Leota and Fisher Harris have already cemented themselves as one of the best front row pairings of all time. Mm. I, I believe that. Absolutely, yep. they like, have. It's already done, regardless of what happens after this. Well, well, the Penrith thing—they've got this dominant club side and. 
you know, to go the treble first time since obviously the early 80s was phenomenal. But now to go and do it, like they were hot favourites for a lot of that time. Mm. To now go and do it as enormous underdogs against the Kangaroos, that's like, we'll do it against anyone. Yeah, what else is there to say? Yeah. Like, what, 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 what else do they have to do to prove? Because it's like not only... Because like people like to say, oh, the Penrith Panthers is a stack side. Leota and Fisher-Harris have been at the start since they weren't a stack side. So this idea that they just got recruited in and, you know, they were already flying high. No, no, no. They were a strut side. They weren't even making the full... I think they were outside the finals and then just make the finals. Yeah. So they were never, not this side. And also, in the huge games, the biggest games, so against Australia in the Pacific Cup final, in the grand final, who were two of the best blokes on the field? It was both Fisher-Harris and uh, Leota. What do you reckon about the Kiwis... Yeah, well, Fisher-Harris, I just reckon, um, you know, you were saying, Guru, he talked to talk in the week leading up. This is our time. Mm. Um, everything he's done has just, like, uh, made their, their hair stand up on the back of your arms. Like, mm. that previous game, two or three jerseys he went through, getting cuts, getting hit in the face, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Scary, scary dude. Leading the hard cut. First hit up of the game, he bumped Cotter off, nearly threw him into the grandstand. Mm. Um, such a great, like, tone setter. And he's just got that team kind of in the palm of his hand now. So... Next couple of years with um, him in charge, you know, you, make, you say he's making a case already to be the, the best front row. He's definitely got an opportunity to kind of firm that up and, and be that guy um, going on from here. Imagine the legacy that he could leave for the Kiwis mm. if they go on a run. And you mentioned what else do him and, and Leo T have to do. The only thing left to do is the World Cup for them. Mm. Even last year, I know ifs and buts, and it didn't happen, that they got done in the semi-final by the Kangaroos by two points. I know. I know they sort of had to get past Samoa in the final, but they were an inch from getting that World Cup as well, in which case the resume would be complete. They'd yeah. have, they have, couldn't do any more. Yeah. It's, um, mate, what... It's just incredible. If you had said Fisher-Harris will turn into this player five years ago, you would have been laughed out of the room. You would have said hyper-aggressive edge-back rower. I'm not sure if he had moved into the middle yet, but hyper-aggressive edge-back rower that has some games where you go, wow, that's incredible, and then other games where it's like, yeah, okay. But the the bloke that he's turned into now, it's, as I said, like, you, you cannot... You cannot reasonably say that him and Leota aren't one of the best front-row pairings to ever play the game. And you cannot reasonably say, in my opinion, that he's, a, not at the very least, one of the greatest Kiwi front-rowers of all time. But... And maybe it's my Aussie bias, not just saying he's one of the greatest front rowers of all time. Maybe it's my Aussie bias of seeing Webke and Petro mm. in origin that is making me not say that yet. But as a combo, I think they do deserve to be considered one of the greatest combos of all time. I really do. And, you know, it feels weird. Like, as a rugby league fan, I feel like it just feels wrong to be able to say, oh, you know, these guys are in the same category as Seven Receiver, Webke, because you hold them just at this yeah. elite level. But, like... It's not like it's a vibe. The results are on paper. Yeah, yeah. The results are there. Like, I, I don't know. Like, mate, I, I, I had a post last week about um, just how he's – I think he's one of the most intimidating guys we've seen. Mm. He's moving up that list. And like, mate, the amount of people are like, oh, he's not intimidating. Like, what do you, who does he intimidate? Oh, I'm just like – Who? Fisher-Harris? Fuck, are you, you have a TV? Like, <laughs> what, what is going on here? Who are the people that follow you? It's wild. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's... Are they like fucking special forces or some <laughs> shit? Like, uh, you followed by 50,000 special forces people that are like, yeah. yeah, I kill people for a living, so it's fucking not intimidating me. It's like uh, people are like, oh, geez, it's easy to be intimidating when you can't punch. I'm like, sorry, who remembers Webke and Seven Receiver for fighting? Oh, my God. What are you God. fucking talking about? If anything, didn't Webke get fucking oost when he played Got the Warriors? a couple of times, yeah. So, like... But... Bro. I, uh, I, 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 like, I, I understand where people come from as far as, you know, they... 
and people get so worried, even when we're talking about Nath Cleary and we put him in the same sentence as Joey, people just mm. lose their minds. But I've said it a number of times before, like at, when Webke and Seven Receiver were starting to come through and people were starting to talk them up and comparing them to the previous front rows, people would have got upset as well. Yeah, yeah. The game advances, it moves forward. Uh, like, it's crazy that we're even this hesitant to say it. They've won three comps in a row. And they were a part of the greatest grand final comeback. Like, so Cogger comes on, which we all agree it changed the game. Cleary, greatest 20 minutes, you know, as we've seen in a grand final. Guess who else came on with the last fucking yeah. 25, 30 minutes to go? Yep. Leota and Fisher-Harris. Guess where, when uh, Broncos scored all their tries? When they were off the field mostly. Mostly. I'm pretty sure it was every point. Yeah. I don't think they conceded a point on the field though. So it's two. like, what else do these guys have to do? Mm. Yeah. And the reason why Brisbane's ass fell out the back at the end was because of what they did in the first 20. Yeah. When it was tight once again. I mean, are we forgetting Leota's first run at Paddy in the grand final? Like, granted, he's a bigger body than Paddy, but it's still a big play. Yeah. It's still a big play. And then on top of that, you know, you know, we always say, oh, they won three in a row. Like, I think you also need to consider what that does to your body. Oh, in the front row. Like you, you, if you if you get up James Shaharis's um his career so far, he's had one season where he's played less than 23 games of football. That's playing in the front row and like over the last, you know, in 2020 he played 23 games, 2021 24, 2022 23, 2023 he played 23 games. So that's he is the front row forward that when every single front row forward comes up against him, they go this is my chance to yeah. show what I can do. This is my chance to add some extra money to my contract. This is my chance to elevate myself to a rep forward. And he just stands and delivers. Yeah. And, and what's crazy is he talks crap, talks shit after it. He's still talking shit on social media. And it's like, do something about do it. Do something. Yep. Like he's almost begging someone to do something about it. Which I, is I love Kempi that he has been trolling every post on Instagram for the last 48 hours. Got anything to do with the kangaroos. Not big, just one word. Yeah. It's like, you know, like as a Kiwi, you're sitting there going, that's our guy. That's our guy. Like, that's folklore. So like in 20 years' time, if they go on this run now, they'll be talking about Fisher-Harris in comment sections, leaving comments like hectic after like yeah. there's a post about a record win over Australia. Like that's, that's the old school trolling in like a new generation that we used to love. Like those interviews where we see someone go completely off the rails back in the day, we were like, how yeah, fucking good, old school, he's talking shit. Like, Fish is doing that shit. And once again, you go back to the 2020 grand final. James Tamo was the starting front rower and the captain of the Panthers. He leaves. Like, do you remember James Fisher-Harris saying shit after he lost a grand final? No. He just went, no, nope, I'm going to fucking deal with it. I'm going to come back bigger and better. Mate, I tell you what, I'm, I'm filthy that we lost, and it's the way we lost that makes me filthy. But this next time they play each other... Yeah, it's going to be hectic. Yeah, it is yeah. going to be absolutely hectic because you've got two young bucks in Tino and Haas who... Uh, uh, definitely further progressed in their careers than Fish was when he was 23, sitting there going, okay, all right, like you got that one. I mean, we got a few of them because you won three grand finals. But as they get a bit older and they get they fill their bodies out a bit more, that clash over the next five years is going to be special. Payne has coming off, grand final defeat, heartbreak, loss in the final at the weekend, round one next year. Look out. Oh, mate. Not that that bloke needs much more motivation to run yeah. for 200 metres a game, but... I mean, if you, if you needed a recipe to make someone the greatest of all time, it would be Hass's early career where he's doing everything he can, but he just can't get the results because he's got this team and this, this front, row, front row pairing that just seem to know how to get to him. That's the recipe for building character over the next 10 years. And, you know, you look at that Panthers side, you know, that's what they faced in 2020. Yeah. And had yeah, to adapt off the back of it, yeah. yeah. Mate, it's... Uh, yeah. 
an incredible performance by the Kiwis. Um, we'll stick with the Kiwis and then we'll talk about Australia. Another bloke we have to talk about. Look, to be honest, we could speak about every single person in this Kiwi side. It was genuinely the most complete performance I've ever seen by a Kiwi side. But let's talk about, and this is going to hurt to talk about Timmy, Charles Nickel-Klukstad. Mm. Think about this kid's journey. So he goes from New Zealand to Canberra. Initially, when he moved over, I'm pretty sure he moved away from his family and kids. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure if he had kids then. But anyway, away from his family, he may have had kids then. Just at a crack. It, would, I, it may have even been a training trial, a trial and train kind of deal. It wasn't a big deal. It was basically like go over there. He played wing for the Warriors. So I don't even know if he was a full out fullback yet. You could probably, do you remember his, when he initially came over to the club? Yeah, he'd had a handful of starts for the Warriors and pretty sure he was playing on the wing. Yeah. He was on the wing and they weren't overly impressive. Either. Yeah. So he goes to the Raiders, works his ass off becomes one of the most loved players at the club. They get to a grand final. He plays incredible in the grand final, cramps up, last 10 minutes gets taken off. Had next to no ball playing ability from what I'd seen yeah. coming into that contract as well. And yeah. there was chat of him to come in as a wing as a fullback, you know, question marks. Yeah, and then makes the grand final, grand final heartbreak. And then the next couple of years, it's just slowly falls out of favor, gets to a point where basically, um, you know, the Raiders basically said, look, we want to go in a different direction. From the outside looking in, that's that's what it looked like happened. Um, he was he was playing uh, New South Wales Cup. By the end of it, you know, we all remember the pictures of him basically nearly in, well, in tears. Mm. His last game for the Canberra. That's how much it meant to him. Goes back to New Zealand, and we were all sitting here going, "I think he might be more of a centre. I, I think Metcalf might play fullback. We we weren't even sure if he'd be in the starting seventeen at a Warriors side that came fourteenth or something. So this is where this guy was at in his career. He was at. at basically a point where he was a fringe first grader that may get a crack again. Now, to be, fa to be fair, I think all of us were like, I don't understand why the Raiders are letting this guy go. Yeah. Like, I, I think he should be the starting fullback. But anyway, goes to the Warriors, has the year he has. Then he gets man of the match in a record win over an Australian side. Think about the journey from drop from first grade, fringy, essentially let go from a club not wanted, to maybe making a Warriors side that fits 14th, all the way to a man of the match performance in the record win over Australia. To top it all off, he did it with a broken rib. He did it with a broken rib. He's played two games against Australia with a broken rib. You know, Timmy just mentioned that when he arrived at the Raiders, he had next to no ball playing. Mate, I remember walking away from the 2019 grand final going, fuck, that fullback is a goer. Mm. But I don't think he's a fullback. Yeah. I just don't think he's got the the ball playing ability. And you know, even you know when, when Roger Tuivasa-Sheck when he signed with the Warriors to come back, and my initial reaction was, okay, he has to be the fullback. Mm. Chance just doesn't, you know, like he's 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 a goer and he provides so much. But you can probably get a lot of that out of centre or wing. Then over the last six months, mate, I, it's like his ball playing has just exploded. I know. It's crazy, eh? It, it, it's it's so impressive, and like I think as well, he's he's one of the most undervalued parts of that Warriors team that. Just his timing and his awareness, mm. like the way that they, they they use that that attack down the right hand side this year for the Warriors, that slingshot sort of formation. He was never out of position. He yeah. never mistimed his run. He he didn't put a foot wrong. Mm. And he's done the exact same thing on the biggest stage like that. Like he ran for two hundred and seventy seven meters. He was on a hundred after twenty minutes. <laughs> Mate, he had a hundred and one post contact meters. He was on forty five post contact after twenty minutes. He came out and just went, he exploded. I, I, I think I posted a text in our chat going, my God, Chance is getting through so much work here. 
He just didn't stop for the entire game. You know, it's funny. I was, I was honestly going to text you back and go, he, he'll probably cramp by the 67th minute. He's going too hard. Yeah. Um, and like you have a look at 277 run meters, 101 post contact. Didn't have a line break. Yeah. Yep. Like he, he's not collecting easy post contacts. 30 runs. <sighs> Fuck. Yeah. You mentioned can be like, you know, must hurt as a Raiders fan and obviously what he's done at the Warriors and now New Zealand in the last 12 months. It doesn't hurt at all. Because he's such a beautiful human being, Charles. Like, hands down, you talk to anyone who's played with him, coached him, whatever, they'll say that one of the nicest blokes in the NRL. And just so happy for him Mm. for that reason. And, Guru, you pretty well nailed everything that I was going to say about him. And and I had my notes down from the game and I was going to talk about his ball playing, his his development, especially in the last 12 months. And the key word there was timing. He just times his run so well, and I don't know who has been responsible for that, whether it's Webster. I wonder if Sean Johnson has had a big part of that on his inside, if he sort of taught him a few things here and there over the past 12 months. But, you know, he's a great example that for for fullbacks coming through that are notoriously better ball-running fullbacks, they're trying to develop their ball playing, you don't have to be Walsh or Ponger and be these freak ball players. Mm. You can develop to a level where even if it doesn't come naturally to you, you can get away with it. And he's just won a final, test final, 30 nil against the Australians. So credit to him. Love the boat. And there's been so many examples of fullbacks like that. Like I remember um, Lachlan Coote when he mm-hmm. debuted at Penrith. He was very similar. Ball playing was a bit iffy. Just worked away on it at the Cowboys. Ended up being a premiership when there. It was an incredible part of that side. And I, I think there's, you know, we'll talk about it soon, but like I watched what Chance has done over the last 18 months, how his ball playing has developed. Well, once again, we'll talk about it soon, but like, James Tedesco probably needs to go down that avenue. Oh, for sure. I remember when, sure. when Val Holmes was at the Sharks and went from wing to fullback, and I was very sceptical, thinking, he's so good on the wing, I don't think he's got the ball-playing game. And he didn't, but holy moly, he developed it, developed his ball-playing that year so quickly in such a short space of time. I love Val Holmes at fullback, yeah. but he's so versatile that he's you know, made a home at yeah. centre for them. But, you know, it's not, it can be done. Yeah. Oh, it's funny because even Billy Slater, he came into grade with not good ball-playing. He was a ball-runner. He was, back, he was a winger, mm. like centre-winger. Uh, and he worked his ass off and then obviously became the player we all know, like essentially the greatest fullback of all time. What do you think of who, – who stood out for you, Hammy? Well, I was going to say as well as Charge, his other two mates in the bomb disposal squad at the back there, Asako and Mulatalo, <laughs> for me. I thought they were unreal. And particular, probably particularly Mulatalo. No he was could, so good. No one could tackle him. Yeah. He was popping up everywhere. And, uh, man, just that uh, it, that big hit as well um, oh. on stacks. Like, holy heck, is like <laughs> just about um, – just about ended him. Um, a bit of a bit of a peek into the future of things to come when I take you on in the, in the cage there, Tim. Like, <laughs> oh, so we're in the cage now, are we? We're not well, in the you, ring. You demanded it earlier, so uh, <laughs> yeah, you're about to head off to your uh, your training camp in America straight after the show today. So yeah, I am. Yeah. I've got uh, well now that we're in the cage. We've got Joe Joe Rogan, Dana White, all under my wing on the, on the team. <laughs> so I'm going to come back. I'll just ground and pound you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but those, two, yeah, I thought both the wings were unbelievable and have both had great series, but. That first 30 minutes in particular from Mulatalo, like I can't remember seeing a, a better display from a winger probably all year um, and definitely not in a rep game for, for a long, long time. Like those two guys were out of this world as well. Yeah, I, I'll, um, we'll get to Mulatalo and uh, Asako, but I want to talk about a guy that the most unsung hero for the Kiwis in this tournament is Tarpane. Yep. It's Tarpane. He was unstoppable, <sighs> like seriously unstoppable. Because every time he got the ball, his he's, uh, run selection, he's, when he did decide to offload, it was perfect timing. His defence is outstanding. Like, 
again, it, because he's down in Canberra, he doesn't get the raps he deserves. But he is in the same tier as all the other boys you talk about. Your Adam Fanula Blake, your Payne Hasses, your Fisher Harris. He is in that elite tier of front rowers. And he just proved it once again uh, for the Kiwis at 13. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. In this game, he he had 87 post-contact metres. Mm. Tino had 90 metres. <laughs> Tino. Like, another just genetic freak. And I, I just think Tarpanay, and you're right, mate, and I, I'm sure Timmy will chime in very loudly, but because he's from Canberra, he sort of – he just gets forgotten sometimes. Yeah. Even in this side, even I did it looking at this side, like I, I always just focus on the two starting front rowers. And, you know, what, what we constantly talk about, you know, ball playing 13s, blah, blah, blah. Mate, rugby league, if you if you can be power forward and dominant, mm. you, you can get by. Yeah, absolutely you can get by. And the thing with Tarpanet, he's been doing this for about two and a half, three years now. Like very rarely over the last two to three years do you look at a game and Tarpanet isn't one of the best forwards on the, on the field. And he was probably the best forward on the field in the record win against Australia. Well, like there, there's an argument, you know, I remember a couple of years ago when there was all the conversations about the – weird way that Ricky uses him in his minutes and there was the social media stuff and all that. Since then, like, he's been a top three most consistent forward, I reckon. He's been so consistent. Like, you barely see a game where he hasn't, as I said, been literally one of the best players on the field. And yet, it just doesn't get spoken about that much. But, Timmy, you can speak more about the great type in here. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm looking at average play the ball speeds from the game and... There was the only Australian player for an average playable speed under three seconds was Pat Carrigan, had 2.89. Essentially, every other forward was 3.2 and above, not even close. From the Kiwis, five of their six starting forwards were all under three seconds, Holy. which is very, very quick. Papaliti was 3.31, but you look at like Joey Tarpany was 2.91, Leota 2.43. That is lightning. Your boy, Griffin Neem. 2.21. Boy. I didn't realise they tackled him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Taps, you mentioned just his run selection, Kempi, and you see him, he sums up the opposition when he runs very quickly. Catches it at speed, going to the line. I don't know what he's looking at, but you see him do a little bit of a scamper in one direction or another, whether it's in behind the right, but he just manages to find the space every time, whether he's finding a Harry Grant or the smallest bloke in the pack or the space, I don't know, but he just jinks around enough and his run selection and what he does is it's so, it's very unique. Yeah, the way it's that super it's for a unique rower. because you're never sitting there going, oh, bloody hell, just run it straight, mate. Like just, so because that's the, the danger of a guy like Tarpanet it's a gift and a curse where if you've got good footwork and you're that big, you have a, a curse of you use it all the time. Mm. Like every single time you're stepping across, 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 across. And at some point as a fan or even as a player like mate, just get forward and we'll, we'll go again. But he selects it every single time he needs to do that, he'll do it. Every single time he just needs to run hard and straight, he does it. Yet I would love to sit down and ask him like, what, why do you, like when do you choose, what's the, what's the catalyst for the run choice? Because mm. as you said, it's not premeditated. He just can feel it and see it as it's kind of all yeah, unfolding. Yeah. What's going through your head when you catch that ball and you're looking up at the, the opposition coming at you? What, what are you looking for? Yeah, because – and he nails it. Every yeah. time you're like, oh, he found the weak point again in the defensive line. Oh, he found the weak point against the defensive line. Whereas you see other forwards that they try to do that and they get dominated. Like they get held up, wrestled back, put on their back, and you're like, mate, that's because you kept skipping across the field. Uh, but I thought Tarpany was outstanding. I thought he was outstanding last week as well. Uh, but uh adding 97 percent tackle efficiency as well mate he is genuinely like the most 
He's got so many weapons to his arsenal, it's crazy. Like he can do pretty much it all. The, everything you'd want from a front rower, he can do it. Yeah. Timmy mentioned there the uh, play the ball speeds. And, you know, to be honest with you, that didn't shock me simply because the Kiwi's line speed was unbelievable. We, we don't have a stat to represent that, but I reckon if you did, it would be a landslide to mm. the Kiwis. We, we, we don't have a stat to represent that. We have a stat to reflect. I, I love this one. I've mentioned a few times through the finals, and Harry Grant's always a great example of it, but just the dominance of a forward pack. And you look at run metres, the Kiwis ran for about 800 metres more than Australia. Phenomenal. 300 metres more post-contact. But the best one was two of the best running hookers in the game in Hunt and, well, far more Harry Grant. They ran for a combined 12 metres. Harry Grant ran for three metres. Off two runs. Off two runs. Fuck. And that, I mean, that's good coaching as well, identifying what oh. he did last week and just tore him apart. And guess who leads that? It is your... Front rowers in the middle that go line speed, line speed, line speed. It's just – and guess who does that at Clubland? Penrith. They just get crazy line speed all the time. Uh, another bloke, we kind of already alluded to him, but Mulatalo played unbelievably. Mm. If you watch just that game, mm. you're sitting there going, he's the best ringer in the comp. He had spiders on him, the bloke. Yeah. And, and he's just – he's so deceptive because he looks like kind of tall and skinny, so you kind of go, oh, okay, he's not going to have that much strength in contact – doesn't look that fast. I mean, he's literally been clocked as the fastest winger in the comp this year. Would you ever, if you had all the wingers in the NRL, would have you picked him as the fastest speed? No. And yet he, he, that's, he's so deceptive. He's so deceptive. When he, uh, when he came down with one of your bloke photo shoots, first time I've ever seen him up close, and he is just limbs. Yeah. He limbs. is so long everywhere. Like he's almost, he almost looks like, like he's an awkward mover. Mm. Just see, I, I, when I saw him in real life, I couldn't believe the size of him. And, you know, I love that he put that big shot on Val, then he got stuck into Val. And, you know, I see people in the comments, like, he's a dickhead. But I've said it a number of times. The three minutes I spent with him, I'm not sure if I've ever met, met oh, a more polite bloke. He's the nicest bloke ever. Does so much charity work off the field. Like, legend. Legend. Like, yeah. And then, you know, but you put that big shot on, you're going up against the, key, the, the kangaroos who are always considered better than you no matter what mm. you do. He just goes, fuck you. Also, like, oh, bruh, it's Australia versus New Zealand. Yeah, it should be like. Don't this. we want like everyone complains about? Oh, they're all mates. They all shake hands and that. Let's get some fireworks in there, mm. baby. Let's do it. Yeah, uh, like that's what these these matches are supposed to be about. It's representing your country. Um, yeah, I thought Mulatar was outstanding. Asako, like greatest turnaround ever in the history of rugby league. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Can I give you some numbers on Asako? Yeah. This is unbelievable. So Osaka, this is his eighth year of NRL, right? In his first seven years, he played 88 games. He scored 27 tries. In 2023, he played 27 games and scored 28 tries. <laughs> Holy shit. He was in a team that was in their first year of existence. They were a bottom five team, and then he was playing for the Kiwis against the Kangaroos. Mate, that is wild stuff. It's insane. You, 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 if you go through his last eight games... The Dolphins won one. He scored nine tries. It, it honestly he scored is up a hat trick against Newcastle and lost. It, it is honestly up there as one of the greatest turnarounds mm. in rugby league history. Easily, and I, you know, is he playing out of position, mate? He is <laughs> under just, Wayne Bennett. He yeah, might be. He might I don't be. know. He seriously might be because, like, he like he couldn't get a club pretty much. Like there weren't clubs out there going, yeah, we'll get him as a even as on a minimum. Now he's come out and again. Being a big part of a record win over Australia, but also wins Dalian Winger of the Year. 
I would love to know how many Dally M wingers of the year have had five different centres inside them throughout that season. <laughs> it's actually Franco, Tafare, Jennings, Ewan Aitken, um, and I think Hamiso was there for a period of time too. Not to mention his halfback on that edge was a NRL debutant, Isaiah Katoa. Yeah. Yeah, and they had a bunch of different halves as well and nines. Yep. It is, yeah, it is one of the great and fullbacks. <laughs> I think, I think Colin Best had a few different centres in 07. <laughs> of when, he did, when he did it for the Raiders. <laughs> Might have been six combinations, actually. Uh, <laughs> and also, he, he's had to overcome personal battles as well. Obviously, yep. he's, he's private. Uh, well, he's personal. Um, his father obviously per- passed away a couple of years ago. Like, it's an incredible story, Jermaine Saka. Incredible story. Not to mention, I think he's my favourite goal kicker to watch in the NRL. Oh, my God. Holy so moly. silky. Yeah. He, he, makes yeah. It, he makes it look so easy and effortless. How... Well, does he time a football? Oh, man. He just touches it and it goes 50 metres. And just his, his um, ability to oh. measure the, the in-swing. Like, yeah, mate, he's... Uh, oh, oh, it's crazy to think he's still in like 26, 27 years old. Mm. Like, he's got plenty of time left in him to, to, I guess, fulfil his potential as a player. But it is one of the great turnarounds in rugby league. Um, yeah, I mean, Tim Walker, great. Manu, great. There wasn't really anyone that played poorly. I do think Timoko has really announced himself on the stage. I think people are going, oh, shit. This little nuggety bloke is actually bloody good at rugby league. Um, again, he's got the Raiders curse. He's down there. But he's been playing really well for the Raiders for a while. But now you go, before it was kind of like, I don't think anyone would sit here and go, oh, he's in the top tier of centres. And I do believe he's still got to play a bit more footy to get in that top tier. But I think this is the first time where you sit there and go, he definitely can be in the top tier if he wants to be. We could be witnessing the birth of that next generation centre. And I think people need to keep in mind, yeah, he's only played NRL at right centre. He's playing left centre in this. Mm. Wow. God. It's really, really exciting for, for the Raiders and uh, for him personally. So how old is he, like 22, 23? Yeah, something like that. Not, not, not old, not old. And he, he's been really, really good. Um, but let's talk about the halves. Last week we had an issue with the halves basically not taking the game by the scruff of the neck when needed. Hughes and Brown were absolutely electric. Uh, to be honest, we, as we've all spoken about, we've been out-muscled, you know, we've had games where we've just lost to Australia, but I don't think I've ever watched a game where I've gone, if you took the names away, those New Zealand halves are substantially better than our halves. Now, Obviously, we all agree that the career-wise DCE and Munster are, mm. are better. But as I said, if you took the names away and you said, who's the classy halves that play Origin, that are in grand finals, that do all this kind of stuff, you would say it was the Kiwi halves. Brown and Hughes were absolutely electric. The stats probably lean towards Hughes, you know, potentially. But, my God, I thought Dylan Brown was just unbelievable. He is <laughs> – the, the ceiling he has got – is just wild. It's whatever he wants. It's literally whatever he wants in whatever position he wants to play. Yeah. Like, he could be a world-class fullback, winger, centre, maybe even 13. Like, he is a, an athlete through and through. But he's also – usually when you get an athlete, you don't get a footy player. But he's both. Yeah. He's both. So, if he's willing to work hard and, you know, keep his head on straight and, you know, learn from his mistakes, he'll literally be whatever he wants. And, imagine, you know, what, from what we know of, you know, Magic Guire – how stoked would he have been to have a defender? Dill Brown at yeah. 5'8". Oh, that's it. And that's it. All we talk about when we talk about players and, and assess them is attack, attack, attack. Mm. 
he could be the best defensive half in the game. Yeah, yeah. I reckon. I, I think reckon he is. Yeah, definitely the best defensive half in the game. Like seven days ago, we were sitting here and we were, I think, probably fairly very critical of of the halves and you're going. We know these two individuals have the talent, you know, to win a final for them. Mm. But gee, it felt a long way off, and that was clunky. We were talking about, it and I mentioned that sort of would love seeing. Who there just as a link man in the middle and how they're going to overcome this credit to Madge Maguire his game plan worked perfectly they had these makeshift number nines well makeshift in Kieran Foran but New Brown who was effective off the bench but very simple game plan go out there tackle and just give good early service to your halves and they'll sublime off the back of it and it's, it's another great example of when we're critical of, of backline players in particular when their forward packets dominated well, when their forward pack dominates, it allows them to shine. And their mm. forward pack, again, chalk and cheese the last week, how dominant they were in this, this final. And off the back of it, the stars shined. Well, yeah. I'm not sure if it was a tactical decision, but what, you know, Brown and Hughes, now maybe they have the potential to, but they can't play off slow play of the balls. They are front foot footy players, really quick play of the balls, ball runners. Mm. They're ball running halves. And so I don't know whether Michael Maguire, it seems like when you look at the stats, it seems like Michael Maguire has made a game plan around that and said, boys, super quick play the balls. That's all we need mm. to focus on because that gave them the space to run the ball. And it's the same story for both of these guys at Clubland. Like I look at Jerome Hughes and go, fuck, he probably had one of his quieter years this year pack. in the NRL. The pack wasn't up to it. You look at Parramatta, you can, you can tell by the first three hit-ups of their front row forwards if they're going to win today or not. Yeah. Well, we'll put it this way. Both halves. Dylan Brown, 16 runs. Jerome Hughes, 19 runs. That's unheard of usually. I mean, that's that's the modern era of rugby league when it's a quick play the balls. But for a seven and a six to essentially have what, you know, 35, 35 runs, you don't see that often. You don't see that often. That That is a, a specific game plan tailored, you know, to what, what they need. I'm just trying to look. But Jerome Hughes had five offloads. Yeah, as you said, Kempi, they, they are run-first halves, like they're ball-running halves, but their ball-playing was sublime. Yes, Some absolutely. of those passes and the awareness, when you're shooting up and just lofting at the last second, God, their ball-playing was good. That touch that Dill Brown had when Katoni shot on him. Mm. Yeah. It's one of the touches of the year. It's so For good. him to sum that up in an instant like that, Will Hopawati-esque. The great Hopawati, who retired from... Yes. What a career. What, oh, what a yeah. career. Very underrated, Will. Remember when yep. he first came on the scene, he was bloody unbelievable. He anyway, uh, yeah, Dill Brown and Jerome Hughes, and I tell you what, like, get excited, Kiwi fans, because these blokes can be here <laughs> for the next five years. Isn't it crazy that Sean Johnson can miss a Dally M by a fucking bee's dick, and we're talking about the other Kiwi halves? I know. How they're, like, it's unbelievable. Again, it's funny, the difference a week makes. A week ago, we were saying, geez, I'd love to see Sean Johnson in this side, and now you go... Sean Johnson played his last test because he has forced his way back in. Yeah, well, there'll that. be campaigns where you know he'll be able to slot back in and play some mm. games, but next this time next year, how do you go against these two as a starting? And if all that? these hookers are available, like has Foles and SJ played their last games? Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the difference. A lot of people go, "Oh, come on, they've had big wins before." I don't think this is like back in the day. We cannot go, "Oh, yeah, but we got three immortals in our side, so yeah. it'll be it'll be okay." You know, we, we can't rely on that. When you look at these two squads side by side, you go, they're, they're relatively even. Like, there's not a huge standout or a, there's not a Cameron Smith or a Darren Lockyer or a Thurston or a Joe. You know what I mean? Like, it just isn't. Now, as you said, maybe Cleary can be that guy, but on the rep stage, he, he hasn't yet. The other thing I love about this Kiwi side moving forward is that for the first time 
just about ever, they've got genuine fullbacks that can play fullback. Mm. They've got genuine five eights, they've got genuine halfbacks. They're not Nigel Vanganar is not playing five eight. Yeah. Thomas Lulawa is not playing seven positions. Mm. They have got genuine competition in each and every position that are that actually play that position. They're not yeah. makeshift guys. They had to do it with the nines because they had an unbelievable amount of injuries. But once they're all fit, they've got so many great options in every position. Yep. An amazing win by the Kiwis. And it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't not like any excuses anyone wants to make. Just need to throw them straight out. This was an incredible performance by the Kiwis. An incredible performance by the Kiwis. And I, I've never been this concerned not in i'm not concerned about australia like i know we'll bounce back but i've never been more going forward it looks like it's a 50 50 race like whereas before we, as i you know said ad nauseum but it was always like yeah all right whatever we're still the best in the world it's like are we are we there's a question there are we like, i'd honestly i can't mm. for sure say we are we only beat them by two points in the world cup then obviously this happens, they beat us 30 nil. And then you look at the squad, you look at the ages, you look at the positional, you know, against each other. You go, you know, the gap has closed way more than it's ever been, in my opinion. It's just another great example. And it's been timeless with the Kiwis that they build into campaigns, they build into campaigns. And this year's a prime example. Mm. You know, relatively ordinary in the lead-up games. Or certainly last week, they get a few games under their belt. The cohesion comes on, bang, peak for a final. Yep. Oh. I think as well you need to consider that, you know, like realistically, who don't the Kangaroos have that they would have picked that's playing for another nation? Mm. Compare it to the Kiwis, who have a lot of guys that have gone and played for other nations, which is fantastic for the game, but they've lost a lot of guys through that as well. Yeah. It's uh, it's an, it's the most. I think this is the most exciting time that I've ever seen for the New Zealand side. I really do. I think they're in such a good spot right now. The depth they've got is amazing. I mean, Will Warbrick didn't even make the side. You know, like it, there's guys that they could have been in there that are guns. Um, yeah, ma incredible win. Massive congratulations to the Kiwis. Massive congratulations, Michael Maguire. Look, it's it's a small sample size, but you know. We could be seeing the beginnings of one of the great redemption arcs as a coach. And we could also be looking back at that Tigers time going, okay, <laughs> the common denominator wasn't Michael Maguire. He wasn't the concern because there were clear tactical decisions that he made in, these, um, in the game against uh, Samoa and obviously this win here. I think he deserves a massive rap. I think he deserves a massive rap to get the boys up for this kind of win. It, that the coach deserves praise when it obviously struggles, but also he deserves raps when they get it right, and he got it super right. For sure, and as you know, New South Wales fans, I'm sure Timmy will probably echo, fuck, I'm excited. Yeah. I think the biggest knock on Madge that I've heard from many people is that sometimes it's just too hectic with him. Mm. Maybe short camps like this is the mm. way to go. Yeah, maybe six weeks of Origin is where Madge can get you up and ready to go. This is the perfect thing for New Zealand, uh, for New South Wales, because now, okay, so before we kind of discussing when when Madge got selected, we were like, does he have the aura that a former legend has coming into camp? And we were all like, I, I don't. If we're being honest, I don't think he does. A win like this gives him that momentum and aura of like, this is a bloody good coach, and if you buy in, great things can happen. Whereas if he had to come in here and even gotten beaten or gotten beaten well by Australia, he kind of walks into New South Wales camp with that, can he coach, can he not? When he gets a record win against Australia with a lot of these guys that you know are going to be playing Origin, 
New South Wales going, going, well, if you're smart as a New South Wales player, you go, if we buy in, maybe something special happens here. And so it's almost a perfect scenario for Michael Maguire to walk into camp. And I love to, you know, as we spoke about, you know, his effect on Fisher-Harris, Leota, these sort of guys. I love that we're going to get to Origin next year and Madge is going to have Payne Haas. Yeah. Yeah. Just that dog in him. A hurting Payne Haas. Yeah. And like, yeah, as you said, round one, he could come out and run 200 metres. Impressive. Mm. You want to see him do it. Finals, origin time. Yeah. And it's just great for the Blues. Like, you know. Payne has, has, has done that finals origin. No, but I'm saying now, he's hurting right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah now so. you get to go. Like, if he comes, I know he's going to brain it for the first yeah, 10 weeks. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I, I and to be honest, I don't care because I know he's that What good. you're saying basically is, is it's the big moments now. It's the big yeah, moments. And Madge is going to grab him and go, you know, I yeah. just came away from this camp with these boys. Mm. They're taking the piss out of you on yeah, social yeah, media. Yeah, They're yeah, fucking laughing at you. This is your opportunity to stand up and go. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's going to be great. And that media hype going into Origin Game 1 next year and all of a sudden it's not new coach, you know, can Madge do it, what's it, and be question marks and everything. There's still going to be the, these question marks and some bit of negativity in the media, but all of a sudden it's he's coming off one of the great coaching performances at rep level. There's so much more excitement now and I think it's going to instill a lot more belief that we can do this and Madge can be the man. Well, I mean, you can even just feel the vibe from you know everyone i mean you're all new south welshmen here um you're dutch aren't you no no you're dutch oh. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually go to queensland i'm not new south Wales. Are you, really yeah are you a queenslander yep, yep. where are you born well tasmania actually oh but you know what you, you know i grew what, up true. in canberra and there was a bit of a thing in canberra with, when we were growing up there of the like the bigger brother thing with new south Wales. a lot of people here do go for new south wales there but a lot of people are, in school with a Queensland fans as yeah, well. Yeah, because they get it. They get we it. We do. We grew up, you know, in and around blokes like Tchaikovsky, Mog, you know, big Queensland <laughs> legends. So we've all we all grew up with that. So that's that's why. So I'm a Queenslander. So Are you fed in? Come you actually a Queenslander? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You wonder why I want to fight him in the undercard. Yeah, <laughs> you know, first first origin game I ever went to was the 06 decider. Oh, oh man, oh, flipping really? down. Went to the so I started the dynasty when basically. D, when D Lock. D Lock exactly. Freddie Hodgson had a moment he'd probably rather forget at the back there. Yeah. He yeah. grew up 10 minutes from the New South Wales border yep. and about 10,000 k's from the <laughs> Queensland border. Yeah, but you know what? He could look across that border and go, I don't want to be yeah. like them. I want to be like those exactly. fucking yeah, It's not unlike bit- Queensland to grab a New South Wales. Yeah, it's true. Shocked me. <laughs> it was a bit too close to my liking, 10 minutes yeah. away at the border. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm Queensland. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But like, I guess even you guys, you know, you're, you're in the game, you're analysing the game, but I guess there is a sense of like, Oh, he can do it. He can do it. Whereas I feel like before, it was, can he do it? Now it's, oh shit, I think if we buy in, fucking he might be the man we need to get mm. it done. Uh, so yeah, I think rolling in with a perfect environment for Michael McGuire in New South Wales. And look, how good to see like old school with the new school, like Billy Slater, the new school, Michael McGuire, the old school, like, oh shit. It's not too old. Is it too early to talk about origin? No. Let's talk about... Predicted 13 for origin. <laughs> I was just about to say, I, I <laughs> can't be on a flight to catch in six hours. <laughs> I was going to do our 2030 team. <laughs> I just, I like, I'm fully expecting Madge just to pick 17. Dogs. Yeah. yeah. Absolute pricks. Yeah. Alrighty, before we get into the Australian side of things, uh, make sure to get into your local bottle of grab a case of bloke beer, Lake Illawarra Hotel. Lager is on tap in the bar, both mini and the lager in the bottle shop. Get in and tell Shay how much you love bloke on tap. 
Harrigans in Cameron Park having a big Melbourne Cup day. Plenty of hampers with bloke beer and other gifts to be won. That's Harrigans in Cameron Park. Maguire's Colmsley next to Colmsley Hotel. Heaps of stock on hand. Black Nugget Moran Bar. Small town, huge thirst. That's the Black Nugget Moran Bar. Common Ground Cellars close to University of Queensland. Every black sheep bottle shop uh, in uh, Brisbane or around Brisbane. Uh, and the Caxton Hotel and Bottle Shop, home of Rugby League. Now let's get into it. Australia. Uh, oh, man. There's no way to sugarcoat this. Um, you know, I'm sure the boys didn't mean to play like this. I'm sure they didn't intend to play like this. But unfortunately, uh, all 17 of them let the jumper down. It was a, you know, huge fan of all the boys. And as I said, I'm sure they didn't mean to it. And I'm sure there are... You know, 17 or 20 blokes right now that are absolutely stinging with what happened, but extremely disappointing. And unfortunately, they've let the jumper down and they've let down the blokes that come before them because that was um, very un-Australian. You know, that's that's not what the Australian jersey that we've been used to watching. Um, and we know that the roster that played on the weekend, we know they're better than that. Um, so really disappointing. And... The biggest concern, I don't have an issue with losing to Kiwis. Like, this is a great squad. Like, there's, there's, no, there's no issue. The, the, I guess the concern I have, and I don't know for this to be true. I've got no inside information. But it seemed to me like they didn't prepare well. It seems to me like they didn't take the game as seriously as it probably should have been taken. They didn't play with any intensity, even compared to the week before. Um, th- they just had no intensity. And it was like... I understand that you know it's a long year and everyone's really tired, but it's a long year for the Kiwis too. Uh, really, really disappointing. Really disappointing. Now, I don't think it's panic stations and I don't think heads need to roll or anything like that, but it's. I think that it's disappointing the way everyone performed. I don't think there's a single person that wouldn't be disappointed right now that played. But you have to look at the senior players and say, why did we roll out that kind of performance? That's what's concerning to me is we've got senior players in that team that if they had have been noticing some things in preparation where boys weren't taken as serious as they should have, they should have pulled it up. Um, really, I, there's no other words to describe it. Extremely disappointing and there's, there's really, there's no silver lining here. There's no, oh, but this happened, that happened. It was a really poor performance, unfortunately. Yeah, I think you're summing up well there, Kempi. And for me, you know, growing up and watching these great kangaroos sides, getting beat 30 nil. It's not an option. Mm. It's not possible for that to happen to the Kangaroos. Uh, and, you know, with Smithy, Thurston, Slater, like these sort of legends, it just never would happen. They wouldn't allow it. In camp, in preparation, they'd, no. real, they'd identify what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, you know, it's been like that since the jersey was first ever put on. Mm. Uh, this is, for me, by far and away the lowest point in the Kangaroos' history. And yes, you're right, mate, beaten by a very good side and it's not taking anything away from the Kiwis, but just the standard that the Kangaroos have held for so long and what the jersey stands for, this was a disgrace. They, they looked tight and lethargic. And you know, like I, like I, I look at the zero and that hurts, but if you get beat 6-0 in a grind-off, mm, yeah. okay. Mm. Mate, 30-0? Yeah, 14-0. Like, okay, yeah, Kiwis had the best performance ever. 30 nil in an Australian jersey. Oh, it's just, it's, as I said, I know the boys didn't mean to do this. And so there's, there's no, you know, it isn't personally having a go at them as a person. But 30 nil in an Australian jersey, it's like, mate, 
We have to be better than that. I'm just trying to give a head around how the turnaround from the week before is mm. such a dominant performance. You spoke about how good they were. and just So the, intense as well. The class that kind of, mm. yeah, just it was a bit of a grind and they just blew them away at the end. And mm. we kind of spoke about how that difference in class is there. But then this week you, you turn around and roll out on paper an even better team. And it wasn't exactly like a Coliseum-like atmosphere at Waikato. Yep. It was lucky it was, if it was half full. And they just seemed like they were a little bit intimidated or just the intensity wasn't there at all. I don't, I don't know how, how do you get such a drop off from yeah. the week before when on paper it should have been has to an be even more dominant um, team. Yeah. yeah, it has to be preparation, surely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, did they do too much fitness? Did they train too hard? Or were they taking the piss, not training that hard at all? Did they think it was one of the, you know, old school tours where you can just go in and enjoy? I, I don't know, but yeah, I think there's going to be some really just absolutely devastated players in that, that are going to want one back. And sometimes in rugby league, you run out and you get punched in the face. And that happens from time to time. We just kept taking punches. Yeah, I didn't see any reaction as Nothing well. Nothing at all. Like the boys, like the, the Kiwi boys came out and their line speed was unbelievable. We just didn't adapt in any way, shape or form. And we didn't respond with line speed. Like I didn't watch, I didn't watch the Australian side in defence. It didn't seem like as a team we were trying to, okay, you want to you shoot out a line hit us? We'll fucking hit you yeah. too. I didn't really see that. I, you know. As we we're all massive fans of the boys, but the jersey deserved better than that. Yeah, no, like it's hard not to say that the Kangaroos weren't complacent. A, a pretty, I won't. It's, it was a pretty flawless preparation coming into the final. Not necessarily that we looked flawless, but results-wise, we cruised in pretty easily. <coughs> and look like we, by the way they came out in that game, they thought they were going to cruise through the final as well. And you know, it's one of the oldest cliches in the book but the Kiwis look like they wanted it a hell of a lot more and Way you said by, by the second they came out the intensity they had and they were running harder they were tackling harder but the sign of that will to win and wanting more to me was evident in just every time a little thing went against a Kiwi player he's pushed or something happened the Kiwi boys were in and they were fired up and they were there and they started little rows and they just wanted blood. Mm. And the Australians didn't have that same intensity at any moment of that game. I honestly, even when we were 20 nil down, I was going, yeah, momentum, we're not going to win the game, but momentum's going to swing and we're going to score two or three tries. Because the boys are going to look across from each other, get pissed off, and then they're going to start play footy. And then on Monday, what we're all going to be talking about Oh, the boys woke up around the 60-minute mark. And look, you get beaten. They blew us off the park early. What shocks me the most is there wasn't a single moment, minute where I was like, okay, the boys are angry now. Like, I was waiting for the boys are angry now. It, didn't, it just didn't happen. No, I, I think Hammy made a really good point as well. That like when, when they ran out and I saw the crowd, I sort of thought, geez, this is going to hurt the Kiwis here. Mm. This place should be pumping. This is a final. I thought this is – and the intensity they managed to get themselves to – Without a full stadium, without all the... It, it seemed like it was an asylum in there at the start mm. of the game. But the intensity they went with, I, I, it blew me away. Mm. I, um... you know, the, the only player that comes out of it with greater credentials is Cameron Murray, who we've... Who we've <laughs> sp- <laughs> seriously, like who we've spoken about in the past. Campy, you bring it up quite often, like the origin record with and without him and injuries that he's had either early on in origin games or missing games and the record around that you add this great campaign by the kangaroos up to this point and he's laid out we had done 30 nil i'm not saying cameron murray changes this result but pretty damning i tell you look i tell you what i know for sure is he he would have gone out and ripped and teared mm. you know he would have been in the middle there trying to fight for quick play of the balls and you know he he's such a nice bloke he's the last person that would ever want 
attention pointed to him. But if you ever needed more evidence of how good this guy yeah. is and how much he brings to a footy side, just look on the weekend. We may, we may not have won. We pro- not may. We, you know, we probably wouldn't have won. I don't think we get held to nil, though. And I think that the energy that he brings every match, every match, it would have rubbed off on a few of the boys and then they would have ticked into gear and maybe you know, got some points. Uh, but, yeah, there's, as I said, there's no other way to say it. It just was not up to Australian standard. It was, it was honestly, it was bizarre watching it. Like, I, I felt strange watching an Australian jersey, a rugby league Australian jersey, especially when I know how... I know how competitive all these boys are. We know how great they all are. Mm. We spend the whole year, all we do is talk the boys up. We sit there going, all these boys, we go, incredible, this, that, and the next thing. And I, I just, I would love to get an insight into what the preparation was like, because I reckon there's something that's gone awry there. Now, is it, is it they trained way too hard? Is it, um, you know, they didn't train enough? I, I don't know what it is, but you can't tell me the prep they prepared as well as they possibly could have and they came out like that maybe it was a mental side of things were they prepared well enough of there's an ambush coming boys there's an ambush coming like they just it's almost like they were surprised it's mm. like boys you pretty much you dominated the kiwis with the second string air quotation australia you, you rest like we insulted them by resting people yeah yeah i don't reckon you'll see many kangaroos rested <laughs> in the next few years you know what i mean yeah. like and so how we couldn't be um you could tell the Kiwis felt insulted that we were arresting players. How we weren't going to be aware that there's a battle. Uh, yeah, very, very, I'd love to know what the preparation was because it didn't seem right. Now, in regards to performances, um, look, we'll start with senior players because they hold the most uh, responsibility. You know, I've got to say our senior players were really poor, like surprisingly poor. Um, Teddy, I just... He clearly needs a rest or something. He needs some time off because I thought Teddy was quite um, – well, just nowhere near his best. Nowhere near his best. As captain of the country, when we needed someone to just get the boys up, unfortunately it didn't work. I thought DCE was shockingly quiet. Like, it's really surprising. Mm. I'd, I'd really jumped back on the DCE bandwagon at the very least for – you know, for Queensland, he's had a really good record. For Australia, it's a mixed record. But I was fully back on board – after watching how you know um, clinical he was in this games, but I I was just shocked at I guess I've seen a more intense DCE at club yeah. than I saw. I didn't see him bark <coughs> in orders or um, Munster just has not been his year. Has not been his year. Like I, he's another guy. He needs a rest. It's been a long five six years, but he needs some time off. He needs a good rest. A really good like, rest. Go home and have a nap because he. <laughs> Again, it's you know I've sort of spoken a lot about him mm. um, over the last few months. I'm keen to get your boys taken. It's not a lack of effort. It never is with Cam Munster. No, it never will be. He's just not having the impact with ball in hand and missing tackles like so out of character for yeah. him. Um, as it's just been a long twelve months for a lot of these yeah. boys. And I think it sort of showed with him a little and bit. And I think with Cam as well, and even Teddy is like you look at Teddy, Cam, and even DCE. They've been playing every game for like mm. what five, six years now. And I think you're just seeing a lot of fatigue. Now, Munster's in a little bit of a different ballpark because he's a bit younger, but they just looked tired, like tired, flat, lethargic. But the key, the biggest error for me, so the biggest concern obviously was the intensity. Like mm. we just had no intensity. But our edge defence was below NRL standard. It was really poor. And I just, for the life of me, can't understand how such quality players 
can make such poor decisions on the edge when a week ago we were great. We held them on our line for so long. I, is that, again, is that a lack of preparation? Is that not having your head in the game? Our edge defence was you know, shocking, to be honest, shocking. Just on something you said there about, about Cam Munster, and I, I think it is like a common opinion that he's not, you know, he's not in that, you know, older, mature sort of group. Like, Teddy's 30, he's 29. Yeah, Munster. Like he's, yeah, fair, fair point. Like he is getting on in his career. And, you like know, 28, 27, 28. Well, so, so did I. Yeah. I. I just had a look at it then. And yeah, like it's, and he's had a big, big few years, but like he, he was in the right place at the right time, which he had to put himself there in Origin 1 when Lindsay Collins jumped up and he scored that try. Outside of that, in a big game, like I don't think Cam Munster's really had one this year, which is. Oh, yeah, he was the one that fended for that try for me, so. Oh, fair game one. Yeah, yeah so sorry, that's true. Yeah, okay. So if you take out that 10-minute period, like finals, the other origin games. Yeah, he's been quiet. He's been like strangely quiet mm. for the guy that we know. Yeah. Is he still off the beers at the moment? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Maybe he needs a slab of bloke. <laughs> or bloke mids. Bloke mids, if he's been responsible, just to loosen up a little bit over maybe. the off-season. Maybe. Get back into it. Do we think maybe, and this is very much speculative, but... There are a lot of players playing out of position in this team and particularly on the edges. And we talk about the defence looking quite clunky, quite disjointed. All of these players individually that I'll name here are absolutely fine to play out of position. However, when there's a lot of players playing out of position, has it made it a little bit hard? So Dylan Edwards, uh, I was a little bit critical of him being picked on the wing in the first place just because he has spent basically his entire career at fullback. Hammer at centre, again, he's tremendous there, but... By and large, he's playing out of position. Val Holmes, you know he can play on the wing, but again, he spent his last mm. 12 months to two years at centre, essentially. You add in Ruben Cotter, who's a middle who played on the edge. Do we think maybe too much change for these players? Or Yeah, potentially, for sure, mm. for sure. I mean, like, what's like, Hamiso missed two tackles. Like, I know that sounds stupid, Unheard but like, he does, yeah, he doesn't miss two tackles. Mm. Like, even a guy like Hamiso. Um, no, it's, it's a great shout. And, you know, you've, when you had Cam Murray there on the edge... He's just he has played a bit of edge, so he's got a bit of experience. Whereas Ruben Cotter, that only just started in Origin because we needed him there in game one after the the it head. It was a forced change. Yeah, it was a forced really, change. I mean, the way the team switched went, but it was a pretty forced change here as well. You look, I was I was very pro Edwards to get a shot on the wing. Um, the first game, I thought he played well, but he made one error. So I was like, in in by itself, you're like not a biggie. Second game comes out, makes another error, and I'm like, look. Still one of the best ball-running players on the field as an outside back. Third game, though, it's like, okay, unfortunately, I just don't think he should be playing uh, rep footy on the wing. Um, just just didn't seem comfortable. Mm. The, like, the, the errors that he made in this, this uh, Pacific Cup or whatever, so uncharacteristic, mm. and maybe that's just because he's not used to playing wing. So I don't think he had a Barry Crocker by any stretch at all, but I think that... You know, you can't say it was unfair to put him on the wing because I'm sure he wanted to wear that jersey. Um, and also, I think that, like, out of all the people that you can single out, like, he's definitely – like, there's way more senior players. We're talking about debutant. Like, mm. he's not the reason why they lost the game. But I do think that going forward, if he is going to come in, it has to be at fullback. I think that on the wing, um, it just he just didn't seem comfortable there for some reason. Uh, other guys – The reason The reason is that – when was the last time Dylan Edwards yeah. played on the wing? Exactly. He's exactly. played at fullback for as long as I can remember for Penrith. I don't remember the last time he played. And this wing. is coming from a guy I thought he would handle mm. the wing. And that's why I'm so surprised because, like, these errors weren't – like, they were catching the ball mm. and stuff like that. So it's like, at least for the first two games, I was like, 
They, he does have a fullback. Yeah, so, but even, even like you look at him uh, for the scrum play, I believe it was the try they scored, and he, he just shoots off his line. Don't get me wrong, there was a little bit going on inside as well, so it was certainly not only his fault, but just a bit of a misread. Drame Hughes, the classy player that he goes, thank you, lofts it over the top, bang. Just a bloke playing out of position. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I, I was pro it, so you know, prob- we probably got that one wrong. I've got to say, Katoni Sag's defence, some of those reads that he made, it was just like, and he, and he does it sometimes at the Broncos and you can, you can because it's club, you can brush it under because he's had such a good year. Unfortunately, at rep level, you cannot make those mistakes. I, I thought those errors, even Valentine Holmes, like we're talking about one of the best rep players mm. of the last five to ten years. Some of his reads were just like, like what surprised me about these decisions, they were unnecessary. Like the, the one that Brown lofted over uh, Holmes' yeah. head, if he just stays back, like, Okay, yeah. If they go through the hands, it's going to be cl- it's going to be close, but to to just jam in like that and basically give them the try, just very surprising with the edge defence. And I don't know whether that's a case of the system that they were using wasn't the right system, or they just haven't played well enough together. But yeah, really, really unfortunately, really poor. Unfortunately, there was a decision, that, and you know, so, say it's in hindsight or whatever. But we did have this conversation last week. I thought it was very strange when Cam Murray got ruled out. We brought Nico Hines onto the bench. Mm. I know it didn't, you know, decide the game or anything. But like looking back on it now, I'm just like, what was the thinking there? Well, I, I we spoke about this off air. So I was, I was like, why bring him on at 13 in a game like this? If you're going to bring him on, you bring him on at. Thingo, but I agree to with put you. Points on the board. Yeah, to put points on the you board. You got Jake Trevojevic in the extended squad. Are we like like I, if if we decided to go with three forwards on our bench at the start of the week, we get to twenty four hours yeah. before we lose one of those guys. So be it. It is what it is. We go. Oh, let's chuck a halfback. Out. I, yeah. I, I, just, I, I wonder again, purely speculative. Was the plan all along Nico to come on, and they just didn't want that hype around it for, for Nico? So yes, Murray came out and he went in. I wonder was he always coming in potentially? Yeah, yep. was he always selected and Ken Murray was always not going to play, maybe? Maybe. But I, I agree with you, though. God, I hope Cause not. Because we, we all agreed that, like, having Hines on the bench, it's like, mate, you've got so many to choose from. <laughs> big boppers against a big bopper, you know. And also, we're not lacking in attacking ability. Like, I'll tell you the other thing. When we chatted about it last week and you blokes turned me around on the Nico bench thing, what turned me was we, we went, all right, Cam Murray can cover the outside backs if there's injuries. When Cam went, yeah, we okay. didn't have anyone to cover that. So maybe, maybe that's why we need coverage in the back line. If but someone surely, goes like they learnt their lesson from the Queensland New South Wales situation where we went, no, 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 we don't do that. Mm. We we go Harry Benny Hunt forwards, and we just make it work. Otherwise, well, that's where you know I think potentially there was a bit of complacency, a bit of arrogance there. Mm. We got our two best front rowers coming off a spell. I thought it was unfair to put him on at thirteen. They're like. Mate, he's just started playing seven. Well, I don't, yeah, uh, again, I know he came on with about 22 to go. He wasn't even a bloke I mentioned with. Grant was in the middle, but talking about playing out of position, that's the all-time playing out yeah. of position. Nico in at lock. In at lock, defending your line against those big boppers. I mean, it, it had that tough miss, but that miss was just all <laughs> lack of playing in the middle. He got up a pup in front of the line. He tried to get ahead to put contact onto Neem because guess what? He wasn't confident yeah. in the contact because he's not there all the time. And then he got stepped because he came up the line too much. Whereas if he'd played there a bit, he would know just to keep our line. Look, if I get beaten in the contact, the boys will be here because I'll keep my line. And, and I think in his limited time, maybe last week as well, when New Brown scored his try, was it Nico not getting off the line well or the contact wasn't great in the middle again? So it's, again, nothing we're speaking about off air, but, you know, Nico is so new to this defending in the line role. You know, spent a lot of time at fullback. But I do think he was probably flattered a little bit 
at the Sharks in that Moylan on the other edge, you know, had such defensive liabilities. Not just Moylan, there was Wilton and a few others there. That whole edge struggled. So attacks would all go at that Moylan edge. Nico's like got some genuine, as we've seen, defensive issues in his game, but the other edge at the Sharks was worse. So it sort of softened the blow, but he's, yeah. he does have a bit of a way to go. In his I, think, I think that I liked Nico getting a shot, and I think he killed it. I actually think they looked better in attack with him on the field in both games, mm. in attack. And so that's why I'm like, if you're going to bring him on, you've got to make the tough call to take DC or Munster off. I know the media, the headlines or whatever, but you just have to. Because I actually think that, I mean, Munster even alluded to it. He said, because they were talking about Munster being sick, and Munster goes, bloody, Hines is so good. If I, if I don't play, you might take my spot. He played so So I just think it was unfair on Hines to go, and look, Hines would never say that. He wants to play for Australia. If you're going to put him on, though, put him in his position. Put him and, and again, maybe there's that bit of complacency where, you know, Queensland have had so much, so much success over the years with, you know, the, the future sort of 5-8 or half yeah, for their the team. They play him at 14 and they bring him on in the middle. You know, Cherry Evans did it. I think Cooper Cronk did it a little bit. They've done it and they've had success, you know, especially Mal Meninga, who was a bloke behind a lot of that. Yeah. And, you know, maybe he's gone, Nico can do it as well. Like maybe the Cronk and Ches as their exceptions – Damn hard thing to do. You can't just get a half. I can go, mate. Go on. But look at the blokes around him. Exactly. That's what I mean. And also, it's easy to choose a fourteen as a utility to give him a crack when you've got the best hooker of all time there, who's going to play eighty minutes and is going to give you nine out of ten for eighty minutes. And this is this is this is actually this sounds silly because we're like we're talking about a guy that come on with ten minutes to go. So this isn't actually about Hines. It's more about the decision making of the coach. That I'm not that critical of Nico. At all in that sense, I think he was again thrown to the wolves. That's, a little that's bit. right. Yeah. So just to be clear, just we're, like Origin. We're, yeah, we're talking dis- coaching decisions that we don't agree with, um, because that just just didn't make sense because they were already twenty four nil down, um, and I think they'd missed 50, 40 tackles. Because that's the thing, they missed fifty tackles. Yeah. Fifty. These are the best defenders in the con- like. These are guys that hold like hold any team out. Um, so. Yeah, some of the coaching decision, I guess, we all agree that we wouldn't have had Hines there, we would have had a bigger body, but he decided to go with Hines. Um, even the starting of Ruben Cotter on an edge there, mm. a bit surprised with that because, okay, you've got, you've got Flegler. Like, okay, so let's say Murray is not a normal edge back rower. So basically you're going into this Pacific Cup with one normal back rower. That's also probably not good squad That selection. was the squad from the get-go. Like, yeah. they always looked short and edge back rower. And because it's Australia, you sort of thought, all oh, right, we're good enough that maybe we can overcome that. But Clearly not. we've just been called out, yeah, haven't we? called out. And we're talking, to, again, like we're talking to guys like Ruben Cotter, Hines. Like, all these guys, we know how good they are. We're not talking about guys that don't have a dig. Like, these guys are fucking absolute. Mm. Yeah, so some of the, the coaching decisions I don't think have worked that well. Um, yeah. Look, Teddy, I, I think he's in a, a bit of a tough spot. Now, maybe he just needs a break. Maybe he just needs a break. Uh, well, not maybe. He definitely needs a break. But I do think that this is the offseason. He's probably – now, if he comes back and kills it again, we all know he's a champion. This is exactly – we all know that. But right now, I do think he needs to go away and just tweak his game slightly um, to fix – his age, no, sorry, to suit his age. Sort your age yeah, out, your age out mate. <laughs> <laughs> to, to suit his age and where he is at physically, because for so many years, one of the most consistent five years you'll ever see in the history of rugby league. Incredible. One of the greatest front fullbacks of all time. 
but he relied heavily on his physicality and I just wonder if because of his age he can no longer rely so much like Teddy used to be a pinball you couldn't tackle mm. the bloke and he just doesn't have that same strength anymore maybe it's tired maybe his injury I do think in the offseason he needs to go away and just tweak his game a little bit to maybe be more of a ball playing fullback it's funny how their careers, you know, the way I'm looking at it now, Teddy, I agree with him. I think he needs to go away and change his game. And, you know, you say Teddy was a pinball. Anthony Minocello was the same. Yeah. Injuries forced him to change his game a little bit. And, like, you know, I'm I'm constantly talking about James Desco like he's 33, 34. Yeah. He's 30 years old. I know. He's got he might still have five years to go. And if he tra- if he transitions his, his game from being the pinball to being able to ball play, which I, I know I know he can do. I've seen him do it. Yeah. We, like, you know, from a uh, um, super coach point of view, we always talk about Daniel Tupu, how good he is. Because Teddy's always landing that pass to him. Mm. We haven't seen it in two years, though. Yeah, it, it's weird how quickly that ball plane fell off this year, yeah. wasn't it? And I think, again, another one that pains me to say, but we may have seen Teddy play his last rep game. I think we've seen him play his, probably his last Kangaroos game. And that's large because he's got blokes like Caelan Pong and Reese Walsh knocking the door down. See, I mean, I'm pretty sure we were, well, I was on record. I would have gone mm. Reese Walsh or KP. Yeah, I think we, we all were. From, yeah. Yeah, from, yeah, from the start of the tournament. So maybe he gets a chance as a Blues fullback, but he's got a lot to do to mm. get that spot again next year in the early stage of next season. And you're right, boys. I, I, I'm not putting a line through him as a top-tier fullback in the NRL. No, me neither. There's me plenty either. of good years left in him, but when he's got these superstars knocking the door down, you're spot on. He just needs to go back to the drawing board with his ball playing because his running game's fine. That'll look after itself. But he just needs to go back to square one, get his ball playing sorted. He's got Robbo there. He'll have good people around him. He's smart enough. He will, but yeah. Can I ask you, next time the Kangaroos play, I don't think James Tedesco will be there. Do we agree? Mm-hmm. I don't think Ches will be there. That's probably your captain and vice captain, isn't it? Mm. Is Cleary the next Absolutely. Kangaroos captain? Mate, yeah. Lock him in. I would have made him captain. This this if Cleary was playing, he would have been my captain. Yeah. And it would have been like and I would have um, had Reese Walsh or KP at fullback. Um Yeah, Cleary's captain. And I'll say, mate, this is your team now. This is the new next generation. We're in a new era. It's a Cleary era. Go. Cleary captain. Murray slash Carrigan VCs. Yeah, probably Murray just because he's captain of club. Um, yeah, so like the thing the thing is is that all these boys, you know, even ones that we said haven't played that well. I mean, none of them really played well. The the, the most surprising is we know how good they are. That's what's the shocking thing. It's almost like we we know how great they can be. We know how good they are as players. I mean, they proved it last week. Like last week, their intensity was a totally different level to this this week's intensity. Um, so as I said, I don't think it's panic stations. It just, the perfect storm, the perfect storm, all of them just didn't play well. You know what I mean? It wasn't just a couple of them. It was just essentially the whole team. Our best player was probably Isaiah Yo, who just got through work. He just got through his work. Yeah, we, we, were, we were beaten to a pulp and he still made 41 tackles and missed one. Miss, well, missed none. Miss, missed none, was it? Yeah, missed none. God. That's elite. I will say, though, I will say I still do believe that you need to either have Murray or Carrigan at 13 um, going forward. So for, for New South Wales, I would have uh, Murray at 13. Obviously, at the Rabbitohs, I would – so last week we talked about Murray on the edge. I don't think we were clear enough. So what, what, well, what I was saying was is that you start him at 13, then you move him out 
to the edge during the 80 minutes of play so that he's not in the washing machine the whole time. I don't mean that he should just go to the edge the whole mm. time. I don't think the Rabbits can afford it. But I, I do think Isaiah, although he got through a mountain of work, he's a great defender, I do think that it's probably time now for either Murray or Carrigan to be that 13 in the rep sides. It's interesting though, isn't it? Like if you've got Cleary at seven, I'm sure when the time comes, Isaiah is going to look very appealing again mm. though. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, if they, it's, he's so good that I'm not sitting here going, mm. oh, what a terrible selection <laughs> at all. It's more just I think that that dyna- dynamic side of yeah. your Carrigan or Murray, it just might be a little bit extra. But once again, yeah, oh, and oh, I agree with you, but fuck, I, I reckon there's all likelihood that we're, you know, Mal Meninga sits down to pick his kangaroos team at the end of next season. He goes, well, Cleary and Yo have just won their yeah. fourth premiership <laughs> yeah. in a row. Yeah. I'm going to go in a different direction, yeah. am I? You oh, know? for sure, for sure. And, it, and it, to be clear, would not be a bad decision at all. Like, it's neck and neck. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, Harry, even Harry Grant, he had, like, one of his, you know, he looks tired as Benny Hunt wasn't anywhere near the Benny Hunt we know. The Harry Grant, I think he went from his best performance in a rep jersey to probably his worst. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, I've, I've never actually seen Harry Grant look that uncomfortable. It was strange. I, I just, everything was off of the boys. All of them, they just didn't look right. So I have 100% faith that whatever the next tournament, what is the next tournament? Same thing next uh, year, yeah. probably. Yep. I, I'm backing the boys in a win and win well, as I- in. Not win well as in, like, by a long margin. 13 plus. Not saying that yet. <laughs> but I reckon Australia come back with a vengeance. I reckon it's going to be fucking hell for leather next time they put that jersey on. Because I reckon every single one of these boys are stinging even more than we are. Even more than we are. I've got 100% faith these boys will bounce back. I'm very keen to see what that team looks like. Mm. Like, you know, we obviously spoke about guys like Reese Walsh, KP. You know, if everyone's fully fit, Tommy Turbo, Latrell. The, the, like there's a, there's a lot of guys that to come back into the side. There's a lot of guys to put their hand back up. Do you, like, you know, we we we're talking about James Esco that we feel like he's older. He's only thirty. Ben Hunt is thirty three. Mm. Harry Grant probably didn't help his case to be an eighty minute nine in the game on the weekend. You spent Hunt there in a year. Do you reckon? Just I get, it would just depend on how he goes in the next twelve months. Depend on how he plays. Really, how his body's holding up. And then, you know, are you looking at a guy like a Reese Robson or you're putting KP at 14, Reese at one or vice versa and, you know, you can move him into nine if Harry Grant gets tired. Um, or do you go for that, you know, I, I think Timmy mentioned it previously off mic, do you go for that extra 13 that can play nine, Ruben Cotter potentially, yeah. first 20 minutes, then bring Harry on maybe. be interesting to see which direction they're going. For sure, but bounce back, we all agree. Yeah. The boys are going to bounce back. Yeah, boys bounce back. Boys bounce back. Yeah, well. We're in your corner, boys. We're in your corner. Uh, hey, just a quick one. Last week we spoke about the uh, golden boot and Hamiso probably looking good to yeah. to get that. <laughs> After what we saw on the weekend, obviously New Zealand win, the they take home the, the trophy. Anyone from New Zealand leap ahead of him, do you think, for the golden boot or probably Hamiso still present a good case for it? No, I reckon you'd have to go someone like either Fish or Tarpanir. Yep. Yeah, I, I reckon, and yeah, I, I find this award, award so hard, so how they weird. work out, how yeah, they give weird. it. I've got no idea, but... I reckon Fish coming off three premierships, whether they say it's part of the criteria or not, it'll it'll play a role, yeah. I think. Mm. Uh, that's also without, you know, watching the English side too closely against Tonga and who's going well there and whatnot. But, yeah, I reckon Fish would be hard to go past. Even Charles could be a sniff. In life. Could you imagine if Charles won it? Hectic. There's been weirder ones. Timmy? Yeah, I mean, it's only the internationals, isn't it? 
I think so. So they Honestly, say. I don't yeah. fucking know. SR Martin had a few good knows. games at seven for Cook Island. Smokey, you reckon? Smokey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, give it to, I said, probably give it to, give it to Fisher Harris. He deserves the, the big mantle, yep. I reckon. And then, you I mean, you take in the Poms just put Tonga to the sword, 3 nil. so... It'll probably be a Pom that gets it because it's 3 nil. So someone could come into come mm. in the mix there. Yeah. Um, all right, before we get to the next one, next uh, topic... Don't forget to grab a case of bloke beer, but also don't forget 50% off absolutely everything. Thursday the 16th, that is next Thursday, not this one coming, next Thursday, 50% off everything, including brand new shirt designs, brand new singlet designs, not the old, even the design of the singlet is different. Really, really cool design, plus brand new jumpers, plus a bunch of other stuff. We've got DMP shirts, we've got bloke jerseys, 50% off absolutely everything, next Thursday, 16th at 6 p.m., Make sure to be there. Once it's gone, it is gone. And you guys know we do not do sales often. We've only ever done one in the history of bloke. Uh, now, getting two-minute noodles for dinner, Kempi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now uh, let's get into it quickly. PNG defeat Fiji 32-12. to 12. What do you think of this match? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it honestly feels like two weeks. Like it obviously has been two weeks of games between these two, but the way that it's flipped. Actually, I've got a bone to pick. Did we, did we do the pick for the face of music? For PNG, for we didn't do it. Oh, because I did pick PNG, but yeah, anyway, so <laughs> <I'm> filthy. <laughs> Thirteen plus. Thirteen plus. No, I didn't. Walking grass. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we just spoke about how hopefully the kangaroos bounce back. Too, as you could tell, PNG were hurting. Yeah, I, I was pretty confident. I was bullish too because yeah. what happened last week. Um, yeah. Really, really good win. Really, I mean, they're number nine. Um, IPAP. Yeah. Yeah. Get him in an NRL squad ASAP. I. I know uh, uh, Laybutt, uh, the sender is obviously with the Cowboys. I'm expecting him to be in their best 17 next year, but geez, his brother, he, he needs to kick somewhere as well. I, I just, I know, and I say it after every single PNG game, I think we all say it, but how a club hasn't got him in a 14 jersey, mm. even an 18 jersey, he can yeah. play so many positions at such a high click, very good defender, just got a good sense for the game. I, I, I really like him. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah, what do you think of this game? Yeah, great turnaround from PNG. Fiji were pretty disappointed. They yeah. came, they completed sixty five percent. And what about and the crowd? Yeah, the oh, atmosphere. Yeah. I mean, we talk about how poor the atmosphere was the week uh, against Australia New Zealand. The atmosphere mm. was incredible. Yeah, I loved uh, and, and Maddie would be pretty bullish over there. But with the bunnies losing um, Blake Taff next year, Alex Johnston looked good at fullback. Mm. Like chiming in well, picking his times well. His ball playing was quite solid. Uh, he was really good support play. We know he's got, but his support play was great as well. Supported Zach Laybutt for when he absolutely scorched his centre. Um, I liked and it's. I don't know if he'll be the next in line fullback at the Bunnies next year if, if Latrell goes down. They've got Jackie White who could do it as well. Munro as well. Mun, they've Munro. got options, yeah, but I thought Johnston was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, great win from PNG. Again, it's for both sides. The, the biggest hurdle for them both is consistency. Once they get that consistency, they may be able to topple a top tier side. They're just going to get consistent. Um, yeah. Pape, Pape had, he played 50 minutes, 102 metres, seven tackle breaks. So good. Opened the scoring, had a try assist. He's a weapon. Uh, on to England versus Tonga. England defeat Tonga 26 4, and they go 3 0 in a sweep. Um, I, I didn't get to see the game, obviously, um, because I have a fucking life. Um, 
Pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not waking up at fucking 1.30 on a, was it a Friday or a Saturday? Sunday morning. On a Sunday morning to watch England versus Tonga. Um, but what I can say from bird's eye view with the scores and the dominance of the, the 3-0, uh, England will fucking build them very nicely. Building very, like to beat them 3-0. Um, I think they're building nicely, England. And I'd be, I'd be really interested to see, to measure themselves against the Kiwis or, or Australia going forward. I, uh, I didn't get up to watch the game, but I watched the highlights. And my God, England scored some good tries. One of those tries where they kicked it. So they yeah. all those passes, then the cross field kick. It was like, and it was like a flat, almost a soccer kick. There was a few crackers in there. If you get an opportunity, go and watch the highlights. Uh, very, very good. Uh, yeah, very disappointing from Tonga. I, I have been disappointing more. ever since there, right? Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I, you know, even just, uh, I know we're talking about three weeks in a row, but just team selection and whatnot. Like you, you've lost the series three blood anyway. I would have got experience into some guys there. And you know what? Maybe fair. You know, guys like Will Hapoade playing their last games and whatnot. Sure, uh, but I, I just thought it was a good opportunity to give more young guys more opportunity. Because mm. now you're like you know more sure as to what the future is really how they're going to go. No, and yeah. well, you, you know which direction they're going to go in. I, well, I, I would think it's sort of it's obvious with certain guys, but they've missed out an opportunity to give them experience. Mm. In and you know I'm I'm not saying that this this series. It, against England didn't mean as much, but did it mean as much as a World Cup in a couple of years where you want Tonga to really be striving? Yeah. Like, that's the opportunity that I would have taken to use this tournament. No, I agree. I think we're all pretty much on record saying, look, just rip the Band-Aid off. (laughs) After 2-0 down, just rip the Band-Aid off. You get pumped, whatever. Pommies, as you said, Guru, Pommies played an awesome brand of footy. Expansive, throwing the ball around from their own end. Just about everything was coming off as well. Elliot Whitehead, I believe, in his last international oh, test. Oh, massive congratulations. Bagged a bit yeah. of meat, which was great to see. Uh, so the Pommies played fantastic on Tonga. Like, the Poms had a good forward pack. It was relatively old forward pack in, in some regards. The Tongan forward pack, they had no forward and it was stellar, run over 100 metres. Chloe Matangi was the only forward to go over 80 metres, like... As you said, after the success they'd had in recent years, you don't want to see them take a back foot from it because they built too much to, to fall back to where they were five or so years ago. And also, like, with a forward pack with those names oh. in it, at least one of should be running over 100 yeah. metres. Like. Um, but, yeah, I mean, great signs for England. Great signs for England. Tonga, hopefully they can pull it together because you would hate for them to have that incredible moment and then they just go, you know, they just flatten out and there's no longer that hype anymore. Yeah. Because um, like some of the young guys that are in this side, like there is so much ability here if they can just put it all together between Wong, Latu, you know, uh, Junior Tupu, we've seen at the Tigers here and there, mm. very talented. So there's a lot of ability there. Just got to put it all together. Probably halfback looked pretty good. Yes. Um, mm. was it, is Harry he, Smith. Harry Smith. Any danger of getting over to the NRL? Tigers? Oh, mate, don't draw your diagram. <laughs> Harry Smith. <laughs> Come and join us. Um, yeah, uh, he, he looked great. Had a good series. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay, now on to my favourite part. <laughs> Aussies make it five in a row on the cricket. They send England packing. Uh, Australia defeat England by 33 runs over the weekend. Officially knocking them out of the tournament. Australia sitting third with two games left against Afghanistan Tuesday. Bangladesh Saturday. Uh, current rankings, it's India, South Australia. Australia, don't look at the TV, mate. I'm, this is off the dome. 
I'm not dome. reading this off the notes. <laughs> this is off the dome, mate. It's been a great charge from South Australia up the rankings. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just say South Australia? Callum Ferguson, <laughs> Callum Ferguson in the runs. Did I say South Australia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Marky Cosgrove dominating at the top there. Uh, I heard South Australia run the Rugby World Cup as well. Sean, Sean Tate took five for last night. For the <laughs> oh, that's Dan great. Callum in spin-friendly conditions as well. Callum <laughs> Bailey, the list goes on. Oh, that's the best South Australia. That's so good. Um, oh, I'm surprised that South Australia fucking cut off from our country and are f- fucking facing us, dogs. Well, the proof's in the pudding, isn't it? <laughs> second, in the, uh, second in India. <laughs> Loving it up there. Um, mate, walk us through some cricket, honey. Well, I just wanted to quickly touch on, first and foremost, you touch on England being at the bottom there, anchored to the bottom, just the England to finish bottom market, been very popular over the last couple of weeks, particularly since you've expanded on it on this show a little bit. They're into $7.25 now, so there's still a little bit of value there. Um, they've got a couple of games to play. One that will have a big bearing is uh, against the Netherlands, an old foe of theirs. They've lost to them in a World Cup before. Um, <laughs> You're getting value in that one head-to-head for the Netherlands. $7.50. They've already won two games this World Cup. England have just won the one. Uh, I reckon you're getting a nice price there for A, the Netherlands to beat England, and B, England to finish on the bottom, which would be fantastic. And don't forget, if they finish in the bottom two, which it looks like they will, they actually won't even qualify for the Champions Trophy, which is the other big ICC tournament. So they're not even going to play in that uh, in uh, 2025. Oh, my God. Even Even if they knock off the Dutch... Yep. On the percent, the net run rate there, they can still finish bottom or at very least bottom two. Well, the Dutch have got them covered in the net run rate department yeah. as well. Uh, and uh, your namesake there, Logan Van Beek, uh, $4.40 to be the top Dutch wicket taker <laughs> in that game as well on Wednesday. It's Where's in our blood, mate. It's in our blood. Just on the, the, the Dutch, they played against um, Afghanistan the other day. First time in international cricket history, all top five batsmen were dismissed, run out. That just, just reeks of deli belly, doesn't it, over there? <laughs> Absolute carnage in the World Cup. I don't know if you've got any inside mail from Logan, if he's, if he's said anything about it. Uh, look, we try to keep those kings in-house. Keep in-house, that's Yeah, fair. in-house kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, hopefully hopefully the, the boys recover well uh, for the game against England. But to our game against the Poms, they threw us in. Uh, had us on the ropes a little bit, but your man Marnus, Mr. Cricket, he, he steadied the ship, 70-odd. It's boy. It's my boy. And then we had, we had a bit of adversity. We had Glenn Maxwell fall out of the back of a golf cart. <laughs> he was um, he was out of, out of the game, and uh, and Mitch Marsh out with a personal issue. He will be back for the rest of the tournament, but the blokes that stepped in, Green and, uh, and Marcus Stoinis, uh, 47 and 35, got us uh, a good a good score on the board. And Zampa, 29 off uh, 19, set them to 286. Uh, then we get into the bowling innings, and what a great way to, to kick it all off. Johnny Bairstow uh, became Johnny Walker very quickly. <laughs> first ball, uh, sent packing down the leg side. Real average way to get out, which we love to see. Um, and then Joe Root, he was caught behind, but then reviewed it. Um, right in the spirit of cricket there for Joe. <laughs> what about Joe's comments as well, saying, uh, man for man, I would much rather have the England lineup than yeah. the Australian lineup, um, even though they're coming last at the moment. I've always thought uh, David Willey opening the bowling in an Ashes test match <laughs> but um, each to their own. Uh, that is one of the all-time knobhead comments. It's from one of Joe the Root. all-time like, worst calls. Like even for a, a pommy cricketer, yep. that like as you're sitting last, having just beaten by been beaten by Afghanistan, yep. that's right up there. Yep, horrendous. Like how talk about being so in your own bubble to say something like that. Like they're so blinded. Yep. And, and, like, I know that we, obviously, as Aussies, get blind about our own stuff. But I would never – if I'm sitting last, I would never say, yeah, man for man, I want better than the team that's mm. coming in sitting third. Yeah. Well, you know, proof's in the pudding once again. England, England – I mean, we have two board. teams in the top three, South Australia <laughs> and Australia. 
Punching well above our weight. Um, <laughs> get around us. Uh, and then I guess to put the, the final nail in the coffin was Guru's man. Um, he spotted him as a 14-year-old, Adam Zampa. <laughs> Three wickets for 21 runs off his 10 overs. Didn't go for one single boundary in a one-day game. Remarkable behaviour. Uh, no wonder Guru just keeps going control C, control V every week. We can take a Zams. But the boys are looking good. Yep. Uh, we're in now to three dollars seventy-five to win the whole thing. India though, very good win overnight. They're they're a dollar ninety. Uh, South Africa up. South Australia, they smashed them. Um, <laughs> so uh, we should beat them then. I mean, we got the whole country. Absolutely, absolutely. So look, I still think we are the one team that can give them a shake. But geez, they're going to take uh, a little bit of beating. A fair um, shaking. A fair shaking. Should sure. hopefully dodge them in the semis as well now. We should. India, which is fantastic. We can meet them in a final in yep. Busham. Yep. Just on the spirit of cricket, uh, at Sportsbet, we've had a video, a little skit go live last week. Merv Hughes plays the spirit of cricket. Uh, we recreated the Johnny Bairstow run out at local cricket level, and Merv Hughes just basically comes down, tells everyone to grow a pair and stop arguing about it. So, <laughs> good gear. Um, if you want to jump to Twitter, tag Piers Morgan. We're trying to get him to bite back. That'd be great. Uh, but we've got a couple more spirit of cricket skits coming out in the next couple okay. of weeks. And they obviously just follow Instagram. Yeah, jump on. Yep, just uh, sportsbet.com.au, all one word. Give her a follow. Or if you've got Twitter or X... As you the got kids X, call it. Head to X. Head to X. Morgan. What's a, what's a, it used to be called a tweet. What's an X called? An X? I think it's an X. Yeah. Yeah. X really? marks the spot. Get on there. Tag Pierce. Oh, my Pierce. God. Anyway, if you have Twitter, just tag Pierce. Just do it. Get do it for the there. nation. You're doing a service for the nation. And tag Johnny as well. Um, that'd be great. Uh, just very quickly, I know we're wrapping up, but... Um, a lot of people will have been a little bit uh, emotional. Yesterday, we only had one Sheffield Shield game get underway, uh, where the Vicks actually threw Tassie in at the Junction Ovals, I'm sure you will have seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck Waken with 148 not out overnight on an absolute road. You don't do that. You don't win the toss at the Junction Oval and throw them in. You just don't. I've said that. Yeah. There's a real 05, 06 season. You'll know this, Kempi, starting to brew in the air for Tassie. It's huge. Year. It's huge. We haven't seen this for about 20 years. We haven't. Se- we haven't. Uh, you, I mean, you've got, you look down the list, you've got guys like uh, Hope there, in, uh, in the lower order there, giving me a bit of a Scotty Kremerskothen vibe from 05, 06. Oh, I love, yeah. That's you know, a, what, I'm, you yeah, know what I'm talking about Absolutely, there. that's Frog a crazy Freeman, run. we spoke about him at length last week. Yeah. It's just building nicely for Tassie, isn't it? It's <laughs> building nicely. Two more Shield games kick off today. Uh, we got New South Wales playing uh, WA at the SCG. Now, I've actually, I've got to be here today, of course, for the pod. Wouldn't miss that. Yeah. At Sportsbet, uh, everyone in the Sportsbet family, they come together. We're all at the coalface tomorrow, so I'm in the office tomorrow. But I've taken leave on Wednesday to head down to the SCG to watch a bit of Shield cricket, uh, which I'm looking very forward to. Uh, just to soak it up, some big storylines. Cameron Bancroft, really won't he get in? Um, you know, to, to the test side. We're looking in at, you know, who's going to take over after Warner. These are the games you need to be at from a Sheffield Shield. This is your guru of rugby league kind of stuff. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. And if you can't get there, maybe you're heading up to the Gabba to watch Queensland versus the Redbacks coming straight back from India. Can Matt Renshaw uh, force his way back into the top of the order as well? So there's a lot to take in, a lot to be excited for, and that's all kicking off. You're bringing Sheffield, Sheffield Cricket? Sheffield Shield. Shield Cricket? You're bringing it back, mate. Front and centre, I'm putting it back right back where it belongs. <laughs> I mean, you, you could be there for a historic New South Blues uh, drought breaker. Four for 86, WA. Really? Bancroft, 32 not out, though. 32 not out. Well, what's, it, what's it been, 15 months or something since a win? 15 games since I've had a win. Uh, but Bancroft just proving there that, uh, you know, uh, class is permanent. You're, so. uh, mate, you're striking at 50% un- in the outfield, in the stands, I should say. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you're there on Wednesday. Yeah. Josh Phillippe skips down the wicket, puts one over long on, you're under it. What's going through your head? Well, look, I think Josh Phillippe, if he wants to do that, that's on him. I'm probably at a shield game going to try and get behind the bowler's arm. When I'm at the limited overs games, I do try to station myself at long on uh, in the arc when the spinners are bowling. So I'm not going to do that at a shield game. I want to kind of see where the batters are at more. It's not about me. Uh, that's the, the Marsh Cup and the Big Bash, that's a bit more about me, but... <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just there to, to see the batters. I think that's the. Uh, that's where I've got my eye. You're there but, for the love of the game. For the love of the game, exactly. We'll, we'll await the video for the next few days, mate. It's coming. Well, keep your eye on my socials. There'll be plenty of shield content there. Don't so worry. So what? You, you thought there was pressure? You've got the bloke community on your back now, mate, to get that catch. Jump aboard, team. I, I got gotcha. you. Let's go. <laughs> Let's make it two from three. I mean, there was a name that stood out for me there. Uh, Chuck Wakem. I actually went to school with Charlie. Yeah. He was a very good footballer too. Very the handy. CBA or what? He would have been a CBA. So he's another yeah. one you identified early. Group. Yeah, very early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you a story about Wake. I can't remember the exact details. I'm sure the boys from school jumped down my throat. But there was a at our high school, there was a record that was held for about 60 or 70 years, like highest runs in innings or something like that. And one of the boys that I was in my group, he actually broke it. And he broke it on like the Saturday. So it was a big thing, right? Then they had a game on the Tuesday and Charlie broke it three days after. Oh, so sure. before... My mate Stapo, shout out to him, even got presented at the assembly. It was broken by Charlie. <laughs> it, went, it was held for 70 years and then Charlie came what? in and broke it three days later and we had our assembly on the Thursday. So Stapo missed out on that's one all of, of it. That's one of the great guards. Same mate that had our Red Cadeau in that Melbourne Cup. Oh. One of the unluckiest <laughs> oh, bastards. No. It's like on. that age old, uh, I think it's the four minute mile, yeah, where man. it couldn't be broken for like 100 years or whatever. Then one person broke Roger it. Roger Bannister. Broke, 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 broke. Breaking the seal, eh? And it just came came with a rush. <laughs> Chuck Wakem, though. I mean, I get I, I promised myself I wouldn't cry on today's show, but I think <laughs> I think the reason I'm drawn to Chuck Wakem is because he reminds me of my father, Gary. <laughs> Left the state of New South Wales, seeking more opportunities at Tassie, and uh, <laughs> look at him go. Junction Oval, one forty eight, not out. One of the great redheads. One of the great redheads. Get around him. Well, there you have it. Get around. What's your name again? Chuck Wakem. Chuck Wakem. Get around Chuck Wakem. Get around him. Yeah. One of the great Hashtag redheads. Hashtag Chuck Wakem. Let's get it trending on X. Let's go. <laughs> Tag Piers Morgan. <laughs> uh, that is us done and dusted. Don't forget, next Thursday, not this Thursday, next Thursday, 6 p.m., 50% off absolutely everything, including new designs, which we will release soon. You'll get to see them soon. Uh, make sure to give SC Playbook a follow on Instagram. Plus, you've got SC Cricket. SC Playbook Cricket, mate. Yep. Insta, X, Facebook. we got it all. <laughs> got it all. Guru. Make leave sure me alone for a couple of weeks. Okay. I'm going into hiding. Le leave Guru alone and unfollow Timmy if you are following him currently. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. And as usual. <laughs> what did I do to hurt you? Oh, so, oh sorry. Maddie. I'm going to say. Nah, unfollow, follow, Timmy. follow Timmy. Unfollow Maddie. Um, I'm having two weeks off after that stuff. <laughs> and as usual, I'll go and fuck myself. Thank you. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.